Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Good morning. It is time to skip the BS. Time for Undisputed. Time for you to respond to us at hashtag Undisputed Live. Whew. Time to talk Lakers. Or were, were those the fakers last night in Denver where AD once again stood for always disappearing? <laughs> Richard Sherman, the great Richard Sherman, will join us in just a few minutes. But right now it's time for me to bring in my wingmen and my main men. For this first topic, Paul Pierce and Keyshawn Johnson. Morning, gentlemen. Morning. All right, here we go. Last night in Denver, the defending champion Nuggets got their rings, raised their banner. Then in the fourth quarter, lowered the boom on the Lakers yet again. Felt like same time next year. Four straight times last year in the Western Conference Finals, the Lakers were right there in the fourth quarter, then folded. Last night, the Lakers cut the lead to three with 11 minutes left and four with eight minutes left when Nikola Jokic nonchalantly stroked one of those threes that he makes on occasion, and that sparked a run that sent the Nuggets up 14 before they finally won 119 to 107, and the Denver crowd began serenading the Lakers with Who's your daddy? Because Coach Mike Malone, of course, said the Lakers were, I mean, the Nuggets were the Lakers' daddy at their victory parade. So, Paul Pierce, mm-hmm. what was your biggest takeaway from Lakers' Nuggets? I mean, should I state the obvious? Obviously, it was the play of Anthony Davis. Yeah. I mean, in a game where we're not going to overreact to one game because it is the first game of the season. You're still getting your legs under yourself. But we all know the stuff that Denver's been talking Who's your daddy these things? So you know this yep. game means something. This is the defending champs, and you're not up for game one against the defending champs who swept you a year ago. Then I don't know what to tell you. This just goes to show me that the motor, the motivation, and everything we want AD to be is just not there. We want him to be Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah. But we don't see it. And this is going to be an AD we're going to see all year long who's going to be up and down. He's going to woe you with his numbers one night, have 30 and 11, then come back the next night because there's no possible way a guy with his ability should come out and have zero points. And then the one thing that bothered me was in the second half. Zero points in the second. And the one thing that bothered me, he only had one rebound at halftime. (laughs) Now, you can control that. Now, maybe it was something the Lakers were doing as a team and not force-feeding him the ball as much as they should. But with his ability, he should be able to get to the – Keyshawn, you said you can get to the line at least four or five times, and he wasn't able to do I that. Believe, yeah, I haven't played basketball in 100 years, yeah. Paul. <laughs> Come on, now. I can't, he can't get to the line. He's eight feet tall. All you got to do, as you know, 
is being aggressive. Just go to the line and be aggressive. Oh. It's not it's not that difficult. It's not that hard. And look, I'm never going to argue or 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 dis, uh, disagree with somebody that is a Hall of Famer like yourself that has played in the NBA and championships and all those sort of things. Mm. And I understand what you're saying. It's one game. Don't panic. Mm. Very true. One game. Don't panic. They got a lot more to go. Right. But if you start off like you end it, it only makes somebody like myself, who is a fan of the Lakers, look at it and go, come on, man, seriously. You go 0 for 6 on field goal attempts. In the second half. In the second half, you, you zero free throws. You just mentioned that, Paul, right? Zero. So that tells me you aren't trying to get to the cup. Like, you, you're just not. We are not asking you to stay on the perimeter and shoot threes. We want you to mm. do something, be a force. We just gave you $186 million. And look, this is not pile on AD day. That's not what this is about. We're just trying to bring some insight to what we saw last night. Now you look at it. You say, okay, when he's on the floor, the Lakers without LeBron James is minus 19. Mm. This shouldn't be the case. You know that, Paul. This shouldn't be the case. Now, everybody says, well, LeBron should do this, LeBron should do that. LeBron only played 29 minutes. Mm. Okay, maybe they go up, what, 33, maybe over time. You, you, you shouldn't have to do that. AD supposed exactly, to have the Exactly, exactly. But based on last night, we look at 29 minutes, we look at him in the plus seven category, zero turnovers. Turnovers are, are, are big. He didn't have any. And LeBron typically will have multiple turnovers he in the will. game. But he had zero. zero. He played 29. He gave you 21 points. That, what more you want this man to do at 39 years old? I just don't get it. I don't get it at all. And, and you know, when you look at it, you also got to tip your hat off to Denver. You know, Denver, what do they have? 30 assists on 40, 48 field goals. That's big. That means that they are hitting, hitting buckets when you're assisting the ball to them. Mm. So I, I look at it and say, okay, it's one game. Now I can look to tomorrow maybe for Phoenix and say maybe we have some sort of silver lining. We get to one and one. We're at home opening night. Maybe that energy kicks in. Mm. So here's what tore me up about last night. We did a topic a couple of weeks back because Anthony Davis had spoken out against the Nuggets speaking out, as Paul mentioned, against the Lakers through the offseason. It was actually Michael Malone who was taking shots at the Lakers because at the victory parade, as I mentioned, he did say, we're the Lakers' daddy. But more than that, he went on the McAfee show and made a big joke about LeBron dropping the little retirement bombshell right after they had swept the Lakers that night. LeBron said, well, I'm not sure I'm going to come back, blah, blah, blah. And I thought he was just trying to take the focus on off what had happened. But the point was then Michael Malone goes on the McAfee show. Let me just read you the quote here. He says, uh, uh, speaking of the Lakers, I just want you guys to know this is breaking news. I'm thinking about retiring, so don't tell anybody. Well, that's just a clear shot at LeBron. So A.D. said just a couple of weeks back, this is very motivational. He says, me and Braun, we've had some conversations like we can't wait for opening night in Denver. Huh. So ring ceremonies. This man sitting next to me knows ring ceremonies. That They are a double-edged sword. They can work both ways because they can inspire you. They can also distract and deflate you because they can drain you and, and you, you're not quite ready for tip-off because you're still living in the past of last year. So it could go either way. And I've seen a lot of really good teams fall flat on their faces after a ring ceremony on opening night at home. Right. And what happens? 
do AD and company come out and kick some ass, you know, to start the game? No, they, they, they lose the first quarter 34 to 20, and AD goes through the whole first half and he gets one rebound. But to his credit, and the reason he mixes your emotions, he scored 17 in the first half. That's pretty good. You know, that's good enough against Jokic. You say, well, you held your own. Okay, so then we get to the second half and you think, okay, you've climbed back slowly but surely in the game. You've cut it down to a single-digit deficit. Here we go. And here we didn't go because the damnedest thing happened. AD comes out like he doesn't even want to play in the second half. I've never seen anything like it before. You've gotten back. you got a shot. This is the team that knows you're not going to quit on them because you're going to take them right to the wire because that's what you did four straight times, albeit four straight losses in the Western Conference Finals. And look at you now. I'm going to show you what AD did or didn't do in the second half because let's just look at his six misses in the second half and tell me these are aggressive misses. Tell me what all this stuff is. Okay, there's a big scoop up and under on Jokic and he leaves it short and then he goes up. That, what, what was that? He shot it <laughs> the underside of the rim. I don't know. Then he takes his three and he missed it. Then against Joker again, he goes, that, that's some weak you-know-what. That, that's just weakness. And, and the refs are saying, we ain't sending you to no free throw line on these shots, right? Then take that out. he took one long, too. That's the three that he missed. Okay, and, and he gets – how many times have we seen that look sitting on the end of the, the bench at the end of a game in which you blew it? So, to, to me, LeBron played – very well. To, to Keyshawn's point, he was the only Laker with a plus minus a plus. He was a plus seven. I didn't love the way LeBron started the game because if we see the one, his first three that he took, if we have that handy, it's Keyshawn's favorite moment of the night, as I recall. Uh, that was a have it. slow. You know, but I will give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't. I didn't see nothing in all LeBron, those, those clips whoops, where the Lakers wait, wait. tried to get him the ball. Okay, too. Did, did, did you see that? <laughs> LeBron. Wait, LeBron. <laughs> LeBron. Wait, wait. The basket's on this side of the of the backboard. It's on this side. It's not on the back I don't even side. Know of the why backboard. LeBron did that to give okay. you some damn ammunition <laughs> to talk know. about it shooting know. the ball? So he took four threes. He made one. What that was about, man? I I don't. No, but it took a little heart out of him because it's like, wait a second, your best player. I still think he's their best player. You, you did that to the early in the game? Yeah, I don't okay. like when he shoot the yeah. corner threes at all, uh, yeah. Paul. I really mm-hmm. don't. I like when he steps into him at the front off of the, the basket dribble. where he can see. Yeah, he uh, got yeah, off the This dribble. game is not I really a catch-and-shoot game. I hate no. when he shoots from the corner. Mm-hmm. All right, so, so Paul, did, did you see a Nuggets team that's just – devastating and dominating like last year? Did you see them start to even take it a, a notch up? I saw a joker remind them who the best player was in the yeah. NBA, no matter who's on the court. I saw that. You know, we, we went to this offseason like, oh, joker's watching horse races. He's over here partying and dancing. But clearly he's been in the gym, as we saw in game one. The way he just comes down and nonchalantly dominates the Lakers on the inside yeah. and outside. But look at him. He plays big. Anthony Davis needs to learn how to play his size. And, and when he learns how to do that on a consistent basis, the, the Joker's offensive rebound. He's jump-hooking you to death on the inside. Yeah. Oh, you want to leave me open for three? Oh, take that, too. So I saw – I wasn't surprised what I seen from the Nuggets. Aaron Gordon, guys like him, KCP, guys like – and, of course, Jamal Murray. These guys are not having a championship hangover. They, get, they went out and showed the Lakers who their daddy was. Yeah, and by the way, speaking of KCP – Keyshawn's favorite player. He was a Laker, and Keyshawn texted me about this last night. He just kills the Lakers. He, he's yeah, still was, taking it out yeah, on the Lakers. Yeah, like, 
Yeah. Like y'all used me to get LeBron that, over right. here. That is and right. Signed me, gave right. me the money to get LeBron to ship me off. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, he's just yeah, he's a, a, a Laker killer for sure. Paul, you played in the NBA and you you just mentioned Anthony Davis and Joker, and he doesn't play big like Joker. Why is that, though? Because if you ask me that question about football, somebody my size at the receiver position, yeah. if you were to ask me how come he doesn't play as aggressive mm-hmm. as a big receiver, I could give you that answer. Yeah. I don't know what the answer is to Anthony Davis is playing small when you got a guy like Joker that you, that you see out on the court who's a big, dominating. How come he can't just figure out that he's bigger than everybody else? And he needs to dominate. Well, Why? It has to be a consistent mentality. I mean, he has it some nights. When you look at his numbers some nights, he does. But then it has to be consistent. He has to want to do it every single night. And I'm just not sure. Mentality-wise, he has that. You know, we've seen that with Kevin Garnett. We've seen that with Ante Tacumpo. We see it with Joel Embiid. And we see it right here with the Joker. Anthony Davis is on the same level ability-wise with all the guys that I named. Mm. But as far as a mental aspect of it, he just is not there on a consistent basis. Yeah, Paul, speaking of your former teammate, Kevin Garnett, there are nights I watch AD and I think he's even more gifted than KG because he mm-hmm. can do things it, when he decides he can shoot, stroke the three. Not that KG couldn't when he decided, but my point is he is so supremely gifted. He had stretches last year, like 10-game stretches. He was mm-hmm. the best player in the league. Right. Okay, then why doesn't your motor keep running hot? I, I don't know. He comes and he goes. He drifts and he's back. And I wonder if it's psychological. I, I I don't know. I mean, I don't know the answer to any of the questions that I'm asking you or anything that Skip is saying or even yourself. It just, we gave him, and I don't like to make things about money because I'm not counting somebody else's money. I really don't care. But when you look at it last night, and, and I realized they paid him $186 million, but that same contract was just given to Giannis. Yeah. And then I'm looking and I'm saying, Giannis, A.T., how could they look at that and say, well, it's the same guy? Because if it's the same guy, that's the same guy, get the same money. So if you think an AD is a Giannis, you pay him that way. But he's not there yet, and I don't understand inconsistencies on it. Like, I would personally get tired of Skip Bayless and Paul Pierce every other night talking about my play in a game. That's I would have to figure that out. I really would. People making jokes about him, yeah. you know, whatever you call it. Yeah. Always disappointed. Yeah, always disappointed. Like, I would get tired of that. One guy wants to, like, when you compare these two, and you say they have the same ability, one guy wants to rip your heart out, the other one wants to surgically remove it. I mean, there's a difference. Which guys? Which guys? Oh, AD wants to surgically remove okay. your heart, and, and Giannis is going to oh, rip Giannis your heart wants out. Oh, to rip your heart out. Well, yeah, I want to do this going to rip the heart out. Exactly. I need to get it over with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay, so back to LeBron on a minutes restriction. Paul, are you good with this? He played 29 last night, and obviously if you make the case he would have played 35 or 37 or 39, you, would have had probably a wouldn't have won, you probably wouldn't have won, but you would have had a better chance given yeah. the way he was playing versus the way yeah. his co-star was playing. I, I think on a game like this, you give LeBron more minutes. Mm. And then you scale back, you know, probably the next game. You could argue. This could be a, this is a statement game. We all know this. And I know, yeah, it's the first game of the regular season. Yeah, it, 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 it's Denver. But listen. When they talk about who's your daddy and, and shots are thrown back and forth, you want to come That's out and make true. that statement the first game and let them know, listen, that, we're, we're better, we're, re- we're reloaded 
as a Lakers squad, and we're going to give LeBron these extra minutes because you're going to do that in the playoffs. There are just certain games, Skip and Keyshawn, mm-hmm. during the season, yeah. that you circle these games and say, yeah. all right, I'm going to play more minutes this game. I'm going to go out a little bit more, and, and I'm going to give LeBron these minutes on these type of games. Yeah. And, and those are, are far from few. But this was one of those games last night where we were say, all right, I probably have to play LeBron 40 minutes tonight Make a statement. Let's try to get this win yeah. and then scale him back, you know, in, in game two and three down the road. Well, LeBron's pro post-presser, mm-hmm. he certainly alluded to the fact that he only played 29 minutes. Yeah. He actually let us know that it was only 29 minutes and he, he had he played pretty well. He was clearly not Thrilled. completely happy with yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, he, but, he, but again, he said that was the plan going in, so he accepted Yeah, because the, the plan. plan going in, though, Skip, as yeah. you know, we expecting the dude that's yeah. my sidekick mm-hmm. to raise his raise the bar in the second yeah. half, especially after going for 17 in the first half. Just give us that same 17. Yeah, I got it. By the you way, know? remember, LeBron's trainer was in on scaling back minutes. So, so he had lots of input. His whole team had input. And clearly, they just want this time to hope and pray that they can get him through and get him reasonably healthy and energized for the, the postseason run. So uh, it's, a, it's a good plan, but I'm with Paul. That was a statement game, and Denver once again made the same old statement of, we own you. Yeah, but we were anticipating Anthony Davis to step up when this plan was pulling in place. Right. Yeah. Had they known that Anthony Davis was going to be Anthony Davis the way he played, in the second half, yep. I'm sure that they would have increased LeBron's minutes. They could have probably increased them in the second half to the up degree, but at the same time, your other guy was the one who's supposed to be giving us what we're looking for, yep. and it didn't come to fruition. Okay, but I don't think Darvin Ham had the mandate, had had the approval from above to suddenly increase minutes on exactly, the Exactly, exactly, but... What I'm saying, though, Skip, had they known going into the game, yeah. there was no way of knowing that Anthony Davis was going to play that way. So you increased his minutes. You could have increased Austin Reeves' minutes, too, a little bit. I mean, you could have increased his. He was only – I think he only played about 29 minutes or so. But on flip side, Key, you got to say something about what's going on on the Lakers' sideline, too, because I think they need to do a better job at getting him the ball. When those shots that he's missed in the second half, that was him trying to create his own shots. I didn't see a set to where they tried to force-feed him the ball to force him to be aggressive also. So, you know, it's a little bit of AD. But does he want to play with his back to the basket? But it's a lot of them putting him in position to be aggressive also. But does he want to play with his back to the basket, though? Like, if you, when you're saying to me, help me understand, when you're saying sets, you want him not to no, have to. No, it don't have to be back to the basket. They can get him to something to where he has it at the high post, similar to what Joker does, to where yeah. he can isolate there and use his quickness against Joker. But, look, he's catching and shooting at the three-point line. He's set up out on the perimeter. You know, let's get him closer to the basket to where he can take one or two dribbles and be at the rim. You know, let's give him more opportunities like that. So it's not all on KD. Yeah, he has the ability to go out there and change the game. He has to do better on the offensive rebounds. Maybe he can control that way yeah. or, or get fouled and get to the line 10 times. Yeah. But the Lakers also have to put him in position to be effective also. Okay. But remember, Darvin just pounded on AD all preseason long to shoot more threes. At one point he said, I want him shooting six a game. And then he walked that back saying, well, I'm just throwing out a number just to show you we want more. But he said, I would like to see him attempt three and three half and the second half. Well, the, the, to, to your point, that works 
if if he's working in the paint also, where where you're going to have play complimentary. That's what I'm saying. Games. I want him yeah. to get his big ass down yes, in the right. paint. Yeah, I understand the <laughs> game of the game. NBA. I understand the game of the NBA has changed, and everybody wants to be out there and be Paul Pierce mm-hmm. and the little guys. I get it. He's seven feet tall, man. Get yeah, down I, here. The, the one point is, I don't think he's seven feet tall. I think he's more six ten ish. I think he's a couple His of inches wingspan shorter. takes him got, above seven feet. He does, and he's long. Yeah, that's all long. I'm saying, though, Skip. But remember, when he was a senior in high school, he was a guard. That was suddenly had that this was huge thirteen years ago. I, I got it, but his mentality is right, I more. Right. I'm, I, I'm I'm a dribbler, and I'm a I'm you a know. Guard. I'm, I'm a yeah. I'm a perimeter player. That's he. He grew okay, up. Okay, so perimeter. get on the blocks and turn around and face a dude up and go to the cup and give a That's couple pump fakes and get a foul. Yeah. That's not that hard. Okay. I haven't played basketball in a hundred years, but I know that. So Keyshawn, are you giving up on the Lakers you picked? Oh, I'm never gonna give yeah. up on them. Okay. I'm just gonna you know ride with them. I can't no more. Let's okay. just put it that way. <laughs> so are you completely? No, I'm I'm good. It's one deflated game. by it's what one. you saw. Was, that was I'm mad. At, I'm comment. I'm deflated about AD, man. Yeah. Because when you tell me something, and what he's been telling me all offseason and throughout the preseason is I'm ready. I'm ready to arrive. I'm yeah. not going to Denver and land an egg. That's what he was telling me. He was. But then when I got there and I looked at it first half, I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. Yeah. And then in the second half, you completely disappear. Yeah. You you break my spirits. You do because you, 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 you make me mad. Yeah. He, he basically told you before this game, we're going to go in there and shut them up. Yeah, and I, I don't yeah. think that happened. You 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 set me up for failure. Yeah. I don't like to be set up for failure. All right. Well, I'm going to predict that that you will come in here every other day that we talk about the Lakers, and you'll you'll be out of your mind happy about AD because he'll look like always dominating. He, he does. He, he just mixes your emotions. He's going to jerk you back and forth from night to night, morning to morning. Want to bet? Right. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We, we got a plan in store, I'm sure. Yeah. We let it ride a couple more years. I know Giannis signed that extension, but, you know, that doesn't mean anything in the right. NBA. Well, that, it doesn't. And, by the way, the Lakers now have on Thursday night their home opener against the team that Paul Pierce picked to win it. Uh, win the West, which is the Phoenix Suns, who survived last night at Golden State. And we'll talk about that in just a few minutes. But up next, Jerry Jones says he will not make a trade unless somebody calls him. Here we go again. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. When it comes to travel, We all know that feeling of wanting to escape to our happy place, whether it's hitting the beach, the ski slopes, or just kicking it with your crew in a tropical paradise. And Priceline wants you to get there and be very happy with a happy price. So you never have to miss a trip. Let me tell you, Priceline has got your back to make it all happen. My happy place is Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Picture this, crystal clear waters, golden sands, and sun shining down on you like it's your personal spotlight. That's right. Cabo is my ultimate happy place. And you know what makes it even better? Priceline's VIP family feature. You heard it from me. That's right. VIP treatment for you and your squad. Imagine being with your crew, soaking up the sun and living your best life. And while scoring deals up to five times faster, it's like scoring a game-winning touchdown on vacation. Now, who am I taking with me to Cabo? To that epic trip, that adventure, my boys, my ride or dies, my crew, 
ones who've been there through thick and thin from the beginning to the end. I'm not taking any kids, no kids, just me and the boys living it up. So what are you waiting for? Download the Priceline app today and save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your favorite happy price with Priceline. Make some memories that'll last a lifetime. Cabo ain't ready for me or us, but we're ready for Cabo. Thanks to Priceline, the real MVP of travel. On his radio show, Jerry Jones said he will not seek any trades, but that he would be receptive if other teams called him. This is what Jerry said. Bear with me on this. It will have to come our way. I don't want to preclude it in any way, but the initiation of an opportunity to make a trade that would help us principally, that's Jerry speak, has to start over on the other end. That's not showing a lack of aggressiveness. It's just how it starts, said Jerry Jones. I'm about to have a whole lot to say about this. Richard Sherman is also joining us to have a whole lot to say about this. But Keyshawn Johnson, I will let you go first. Be my guest. I'm trying to unpackage it and decipher really what is he saying, right? So you don't want to initiate the talks about going out to improve your roster. I'm I'm hoping that's what he's saying, opposed to, somebody initiating talks with you to get somebody from your team. So if you're telling me that somebody calls you and says, hey, we want to help you improve your team, we have a player that we believe you should trade for. I've never heard that before. (laughs) But I've heard that teams have called other teams to inquire about players on your roster, mm-hmm. if, if so to speak, yes. to try and see what interest you have in moving on from right. somebody else. Yeah. And I think the conversation over the last several weeks has been, mm-hmm. hey, you know, there's a guy out there in Randy Gregory who's going to be released from the Denver Broncos. You may want to sniff that out, mm-hmm. and maybe you can offer them up something to get him because the Eagles and the Niners are looking at it. So you didn't initiate the conversation yep. with Denver. You wanted Denver to call you and say, hey, do you want Randy Gregory back? We'll take a fifth-round pick for him. That's true. Oh, okay. Now, nah, well, the phone never rang. So San Francisco calls and says, hey, yep. don't cut him. We got something for you because we can use him. Yep. Oh, okay, we won't cut him. We'll trade him to San Francisco. So when I look at this, the only – yeah, so when I started breaking it down, I think about the aggressive uh, uh, trading offseason, in-season approach that teams have. I think about John Lynch and, and Kyle Shanahan, how aggressive they are to go get Kristen McCaffrey, how aggressive they were to go get uh, Jimmy Garoppolo years ago, how aggressive in the Randy Gregory situation. So now I look at the Cowboys in notable recent trades, and I go all the way back to 2018. Amari Cooper was a great one. It was. That was that boom. Third down yep. percentage goes up. Dak Prescott looks like a different quarterback. But then they disappeared into then they disappeared in 2022. They moved Amari Cooper, something that they probably shouldn't have done. We all could agree to that. They probably shouldn't have. They should have restructured the contract financially and figured that out so he could help CeeDee Lamb become even a bigger superstar in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And then obviously in 23, they went out and Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks in 23 are are notable trades. But then I look at the Eagles. 
The Eagles traded back Deshaun Jackson. Darius Slay, they go get in 20. In 21, they get two first-rounders, a third-rounder for Carson Wentz. Then 22, they get A.J. Brown. 23, C 22 again, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Then 23 again, Swift. And then the Kevin Byard, uh, um, mm -hmm. just this October, they go get him. That's aggressive. They didn't sit. Howie didn't sit and wait no. for the phone to ring and say, hey, man. Do you want this running back? Do you want this receiver? Do you want to get rid of Carson Wentz? No. They actively participated in this. So if you plan on extending the roster skip and becoming something successful, you got to pick up the phone. Yep. You just have to. Mm -hmm. Go, yeah, Richard. I mean, that, 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 but it's, it's the same thing he's always done. He's going to get the same results he's always gotten. That's the ridiculous part about this. Like, you must think your roster is too good to get better. The difference is between championship teams and this team is the championship teams don't ever feel like they're too good to get better. They're always yeah. exploring other options. They're always exploring avenues to get better, and it just seems stagnant. It seems lazy. It seems lazy if you're not going to pick up the phone and say, hey, are any of these guys available to help our team get better? Anybody out here got any players that you feel like, hey, you're ready to get rid of, that we can get better. Uh, Daniil Hunter, I hear, is available. Could he make that team better? 100%. Uh, could they use another receiver? Could you explore a trade for maybe a Devontae Adams, uh, a, a DeAndre Hopkins? Could they make you better? They could. But if you don't pick up the phone, you'll never know if they're available. You'll never know what it would take to get them. And you sit stagnant. And I'm sure that's frustrating for the fan base because they're like, Man, these guys could definitely make us better. At least try. You see the Eagles in our own division. They're out there exploring. You knew that Howie Roseman was looking for a safety for weeks. That wasn't a surprise to anyone. Nobody is sitting out there like, oh, man, that's a surprise. Howie Roseman went and got a safety. He's been saying it for weeks. He's been calling everybody because that's how you get better. John Lynch, how much worse would they be if they didn't have Christian McCaffrey right now? Everybody's like, oh, man, what, a running back. Why would you get a running back? You guys have done well with undraft. They wanted the best. They wanted the best running back in the National Football League who can be dynamic in the pass game, dynamic in the run game, and a game breaker. And guess what? He made them a better team. I, I just don't understand this from Jerry, and this is maybe why Jerry shouldn't be the GM, because it's almost like he's being too prideful. He's like, hey, uh, I don't need to call anybody. People better call me. Yeah. I'm going to call you, Richard, to make your team better. Yeah. That makes a whole lot of sense. Okay. I wish I could disagree with both of you, but I cannot because, Keyshawn, you might remember, I predicted this yesterday. I told you Jerry will not respond to Howie Roseman because he's above that. His message to everybody, every time he speaks on his radio show or shows, because I think he has a couple of them in Dallas, his message is always, we're the Cowboys and you're not. I'm Jerry Jones and you're not. But speaking of not... My team has not been to an NFC championship game in 27 years because of that attitude, because of that holier than thou, because of that we're better than all of you, because we're not. We have nothing to show for it. For 27 years, we haven't sniffed a Super Bowl because we haven't even been to a championship game since Michael Irvin and Troy and Emmett made that one at the end of the 1995 season. Do the math on that. It's Jerry saying, who cares about Howie Roseman? He's not going to react. Jerry wants to preact. If Jerry had some deal that he had cooked up because somebody in the organization like Will McClay had said, Jerry, how about this? 
then then maybe Jerry would jump on something and initiate a trade. He, I, I believe he initiated the Amari Cooper trade. I could be wrong about that. But again, Jerry wants to own the stage. He doesn't want to look like he's coming in somebody's wake. But you are you know? going to own the stage if yeah. you make your team better. Well, obviously. But, but again, he, re- remember what happened at the end of last year. All that last month of the season, Jerry and Odell got to be bosom buddies. And, and Odell flew to Dallas a couple of times. And Jerry was on the record. We want him. We want him. We want him. We're close. We're close. We're close. Odell, as you know, Keyshawn, he just wasn't ready to play football at the end of last season because he was coming off a a second ACL surgery on the same knee. And he tried and he could run some on the treadmill. But, you know, and I know any right to left hard, you know, cut and stop stuff. He just wasn't ready to do that. When Jerry finally realized that. He finally said, well, we got to wait on this, but we would love to do it down the road. And now down the road is Odell's with the Ravens. Okay, And he he had the most targets uh, that Lamar threw on on Sunday against Detroit. Seven of them went to Odell Beckham Jr. And he looked good. He looked again. Is he Odell? of He he can still contribute and be a, a primary source of of catches on your on your offense. Okay, so. To me, what, what's important, as you guys know, is at some point when your arch rival within the division keeps going out and getting, getting, getting difference makers. To me, Kevin Byard is a difference maker. But Richard, chime in on this because you weren't here uh, the, the what was it, yesterday when, when we talked about this. But listen, the, this guy is a playmaker who has owned Dak Prescott because he has three picks off Dak in two games. And on one of them at Jerry World in 2018 on a Monday night, he picked it in the end zone. It was Amari's first game as a Cowboy and ran it all the way out to the star and celebrated on the star. And, and he's rubbed our noses in and he picked Dak twice on the Thursday night. Wait, were you there on that one? I, it seems like you would have been. Were you at the Tennessee game? Right, last year? I was. Yeah, Cowboys at Tennessee. Remember, Bayard got him twice in that game. One was a little bit lucky on a, a carom, but, but he picked him, picked his pocket on the second one. So my point is, th- these are difference makers, and you're sending a message to the Eagles locker room, we are all in. We are serious business. We are going to go win the Super Bowl that we think we should have won a year ago. And Jerry... It's like Nero. He's going to fiddle while Rome burns around him. So. Well, you know, Skip, like when I look at it, he doesn't have to necessarily counter what the Eagles or the Niners have done or whatever the case is. When you want to get better, when something is glaring and is not working and there's an op- opportunity for a transaction, you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, right? They got one guy at the, at the quasi-receiver position tied in slashing Kelsey. What did they do? They said, no, 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 no. You know what? The Jets aren't using Miko Hartman. Yeah. Let's go get him Bye. back because he can help us in this situation. Yeah. They didn't sit and go, well, let's continue to develop Sky more. Well, we got Rice, a young kid. Let's continue yeah. to lean on him. They were active okay. in going to get somebody. And That's my only thing with Jerry. Okay, and by the way, Kansas City in the Super Bowl, who had the big punt return in the second half that changed the game? It was Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony. Tony. Somebody uh-huh. they picked up from uh-huh. the Giants. Uh-huh. Here we go again. Just you gotta be you gotta be a little active in these situations. Yeah. I mean, you got to be a lot of active in this situation, yeah. and it's frustrating. I, it would, I, if I was a Dallas fan, I'd be really frustrated because of the pretentious nature of it. Now, if they were the Kansas City Chiefs and they've had the Kansas City Chiefs success over the last 
six, seven years. You know, yeah. you've been the, the, every AFC championship is the dang, you know, Kansas City Chiefs invitational. Then, sure, you can stand pat and, and say, hey, nothing comes to us. We're good. You know, we're going to be at the end of the season. But that hasn't been the case. You guys have been divisional and done every <laughs> single season in the last yep. two years. And. And you're saying, hey, we don't need to get better. Bring us good players, and we won't call you. We don't need to call you. Our players aren't available. This roster is good enough. If you want to give us one of your best players for little to nothing, we'll take it. I, I just don't get it. And I just don't get Jerry, but maybe that's why Skip, they've I, been I, where I, they I, are. Skip, I wish he would explain what he means by he does not initiate the call. <laughs> now, I don't. He's uh, Jerry Jones. But I'm sitting yeah. here. I'm still sitting here. Yeah trying to understand I don't initiate the call. Does that mean for players on your own team or players that you want to go get? Yeah. Be if it's players yeah. you want to go get, how am I to know that you want my guy if you're not calling me? You're Jerry Jones, okay? But that, how am the, I the supposed people, to know? I don't he, care who you are. He, he wants people to right. watch from a distance. Oh, you've got a hole as your second receiver. You, you might be in the market for... But I don't know DeAndre that you, Hopkins. But, but I don't know that you have okay. a hole because I don't know what you think it. I yeah. may think you have a hole. You may not think you have a hole, but I can see you can use a DeAndre Hopkins or Cortland Sutton, possibly a Michael Thomas. Like you possibly. can use these guys. Yeah. I see it. So why don't you pick up the phone, give us a call, and shake the tree, see if the leaves will fall, and see where it stands and where it goes. Okay. I don't. I don't know what's wrong they, with your Cowboys, uh, man. Nobody. Nobody sees the world the way Jerry Jones sees the world, no. and that's the problem. Nobody sees that shining star the way Jerry sees that shining star. Nobody's gonna call you and say, "Hey, we're <laughs> gonna do the research for you." We've looked at your we team, and research. we've looked at the games you struggled, and we saw, "Hey, you <laughs> may need this guy, this guy, this guy. Yeah. We're gonna give him to you, and we don't need much of anything. Give us a seventh rounder or, or something, and, and we give you a great player. We want your team to get better." <laughs> Jerry, do your job. Help your team get better. Pick up the phone. Okay, but remember, Jerry comes from the oil fields where he plunged, and, and he prides himself on being the ultimate negotiator, the shrewdest operator. So what, what he's saying to you is that to win a negotiation, you need them to come to you where, where they're beholden, more. They're, they're opening the door. So, okay, give me your best shot. You know, give me – you want to trade Michael Thomas? Well – what, what what do you want for Mike? Well, Jerry, really, we we we'd probably just take a second. Well, I'll give you a third. I'll get that. That's how Jerry. Yeah, but I'm not it. calling you. I, I can I'm call anybody and say if you're interested. Mm -hmm. So why would I call? What makes you think I'm calling you? If I want to trade somebody, I'd call anybody. But that's not the that's not the job. Okay, the maybe jo maybe Jerry was using this to open the door to send the signal out to the rest of the league. I am open for business, hey, but you hey, need to look. call me. Look, 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 Skip, this is like, this is like, I guess, a, a woman going out there and saying, you know what, I'd be open to dating if somebody, you know, if somebody pursued me, you know, got me the ring, made sure I was taken care of and all that, and I did no work for them at all. I didn't call them back. I didn't send them a text back. I didn't respond to their events. Nobody will ever know. Skip, at the end of the day, this ain't the oil fields. This ain't those yeah. kind of negotiations. There's 31 other teams out there, and they are trying to beat you. Okay. So they aren't going to help you if they can if they can help it. They aren't going to help you. Even if a team is tanking or whatever the case may be, they're going to try to beat you. And your team isn't at the top of the mountain. So your leverage and your negotiating point isn't the same. No. If, you, if Kansas City Chiefs, negotiating point is different. 
The Philadelphia Eagles negotiating point is different than the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, I do have to defend Jerry on two counts. He does pride himself on building through the draft. And you got to give it up to this man because not that he's done, and with a whole lot of help, he's done a tremendous job. Because if you look over the last decade, they have the second most homegrown, home-drafted pro bowlers to the Kansas City Chiefs. And you have to give Jerry this. I thought Dallas won the offseason because Jerry, I don't know again whether he initiated or not these trades, but as you know, he went and got a Brandon Cooks who I thought was crucial to the mix as a deep threat. They haven't used him yet in that role. Brandon Cooks is good. He's good, but they they stole him. They they gave a fifth rounder for him. And then Richard knows Stephon Gilmore very well. And again, is he still that former defensive player of the year? Probably not, but he, he can play it with his head as well as anybody. And I was ecstatic to land him another fifth round pick only for that. Those were two steals, which is why they won the offseason. So, Skip, what your team, I want you to answer this mm-hmm. for me. What is it that you see your team needs? I think we need another receiver. Oh, yeah. I, I, so. And, and if again, because you have whetted my appetite with your nepotism because your nephew, your brother's son, who right. plays for the New Orleans Saints, who is really, really good, who just a couple of years back was the offensive He's healthy player now. of the year. He's health, much healthier than he was. And you, you could you could make a case he should be right in the middle of his prime, right? Yes, like like absolutely. you should like he's. He, he, he has arrived. He, he is that guy, and he's stuck with a bad quarterback. This, this is the one. And, he, and he's on an expiring contract. Yes, I, yes. Just so that you know, mm-hmm. in full transparency, yes. he didn't say anything to no, me. I haven't talked to him anything. in weeks. Okay. I just am looking at sure. how you can improve your roster, your team, and help them yeah. get to where Michael says is the paradise in Vegas. So you say you need a receiver. Nephew, Hopkins, Sutton, whatever. <laughs> so if Jerry is waiting to initiate something to the offseason of 2024, it's going to be too late. Yep. The season ends in January. The Super Bowl okay. is in February. It's going to be too late. All if right. you're waiting for someone to call you, mm-hmm. I, I just I, – I I'm having a hard time understanding exactly – what Jerry said. Okay. Having a hard time. I I also think he's sending the message that he really, really likes this team as is. He's saying we're four and two. And he said yesterday, I wish we'd played a lot better against San Francisco. Mm. We're going to talk about this in a few minutes here. He said they can be had the 49ers. Well, obviously they can because they just lost two straight games. So his point is he's being a little smug, a little above it all. Like, we good, you know, like we, we're, we're, we're fine. And, and Jerry used to I tell mean, me, go, I, I, go ahead, Richard. Yeah. I, that, that he, he is being smug. He is being, we're too good. And that's why they're going to go home early. That's why these fans <laughs> continue to be frustrated with GM Jerry because you think you're too good. And then when the time comes, when push comes to shove, your team goes home early. Those weaknesses are enhanced. Those, uh, those chinks in the armor are exploded exploited in a big way in playoff games and you go home you know you hope to make the division this year but you may not you may go home in a wild card because your gm owner whatever sees the weaknesses on your team sees the way your team struggles in these games and says "Ah, i'm not gonna do anything about it just keep playing guys Uh, you'll eventually win and that's not true yeah, they got about another week to make some decisions the deadline is about a week away so october 31st yeah october 31st so they they got time they got time to, to, to figure it out. Doesn't mean that they're not, but 
it certainly smells and seems as though they're not active enough at getting something done. Because, again, I hate to bring it back to the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers. Yep. San Francisco 49ers went first. Then the Eagles went. They went. So, yeah, Richard, last quick question. I didn't give you a shot. Kevin Byard, how much will he help the Eagles? You played secondary position, obviously. Tremendously. I mean, he's an all-pro in this yeah. National Football League. He's an elite safety. He's been an elite safety. He has a great ball skills. He has great ability to read the quarterback and make plays on the football. He's going to make a ball-hawking defense even better. He, they have all-pros all around this defense now. It's, it's, it's tough. Jerry, are you listening to Richard Sherman? Are you listening to Keyshawn Johnson? Heck, are you listening to me? I think not. <sighs> Let's talk NBA again because we did not get to last night's second game as I watched the Warriors shoot themselves right in the feet versus a quiet no KD. That's no nice. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Once again, your turn. You can reach us with your thoughts, pro or con. Hashtag Undisputed Life. Here we go. First tweet. Who's your daddy? Well, man, stop, man. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I, I don't like this, though. Well, we got AD and uh, Austin there. And the well, one kids. damn Le championship, Le man. Le LeBron's like the older child, but he's just sitting alongside. Yeah. <laughs> this, is what, this is why the Denver people don't like me, because they do stuff like that, and then I got to go at them. <laughs> Second tweet from Ian. A.D., we look forward to playing the Lakers. A.D. in the second half versus the Nuggets? Yep. <laughs> now you see it, now you don't. Oh, man. Hey, social media, a cold game. Yep. And this is from Alfred, third tweet. Paul Pierce's face when Nuggets crowd said, who's your daddy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, yeah. If only you had the late great on your team right now, Mr. Mm. Johnson. Mm. Mm. We all right. Yeah. It's just one game. Don't worry. Yeah, it's one game. It's one game. But it's just it, it's the negativity that one comes One thing with for things to come. All right. Let's talk about the second game last night. Last night at home, the Warriors fell behind Phoenix by 15 in the second quarter, but roared back to lead by eight in the third quarter, which they won 40 to 18. Then the Warriors lost in the fourth quarter, 28 to only 18, as they went two for nine in the final minutes and lost 108 to 104. Paul Pierce, you did pick the Suns to win the West. Did you like what you saw from the Suns last night? I mean, for the first game and being all together, it wasn't bad. They got the win. They did what they had to do. Yep. I, I didn't like the fact that they turned the ball over as much as they did and, and the ball handling responsibilities of Devin Booker, I thought were a bit much of him and KD, so it would be interesting to he see. he had six turnovers yeah, himself. You know, they had yeah. to handle the ball too much, and these yep. are guys who, who are great at playing off the ball and getting their buckets that way. So it'll be interesting to see when Bradley Bill comes off an injury, if he can be that facilitator or do they need to go out there and get a point guard? I'm not sure, but maybe down the stretch, what I saw from Booker is what I expected. A guy who can handle the ball, who can make the right play, who can find the open man, who can make big shots. 
Um, yeah, but this is not the team we're going to see down the road as they develop their chemistry, as they get Bradley Bill back. Yep. But it was, it was a great win, despite the fact that I thought they played poorly. KD wasn't KD, obviously. I mean, he shot seven for 22, 18 points. He rebounded well. Yep. Um, he had to do everything, though. He had to play one through five positions, so he could have been worn down this game one. But uh, from the start, I like it that they grinded out the win and found a way to win. Thank Look, it, 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 and Paul hit on a lot of the same, top, uh, same things. When you talk about KD shooting seven for 22, only 18 points, he didn't shoot it well at all. You could tell his, his rhythm was off to some degree, and it, and it is the first game. Yeah. Right, the first game. Plus, he goes to Golden State first time back at Golden State in quite some time. They give him the whole, uh, uh, you know, the big screen, honoring him for they coming did. back, all of those sort of things. So I'm sure there was some emotion uh, in his mindset at that point in time, you know, looking across, seeing some of his former teammates and going up against guys. So some of that probably played in how – he was playing throughout the game. But then when you start to talk about the chemistry on the floor, a lot of turnovers. Mm -hmm. But they're trying to figure it out. No Bradley Beal. Like, like, like Paul said, who's going to handle the ball? Who's going to handle the ball in crucial situations to facilitate? We've seen all three of these guys, whether it's Bradley Beal, KD at some point, or Book be able to do this in the NBA, handle the ball. But yep. are they going to be willing participants on a full-time basis to take a step back from being a scoring machine because you got three elite scorers out here, all three of them. So usually when you have three elite scorers, that becomes problematic because somebody is going to get left out at some degree. Yep. And so I think they're still trying to – and you got a new head coach. So they're still trying to figure everything out. Um, I still like what I saw. I don't think people give Golden State enough credit because – they're older, and they were struggling shooting the ball. Clay was struggling shooting the ball. You know, and so Draymond didn't play. And the first thing people say is, well, the Warriors, they may not make the playoffs, so the Warriors are going to finish no, the last. No, but that's how people yeah. look at it and not giving them enough credit to say, hey, first game, they too are in a development situation to try to figure out this they new are. chemistry with, with uh, Chris Paul. Chris Paul, it starts the game, then he's like, the lead dog on the, the second squad. Yep. So they still trying to figure all that, that out as true. well. That is you know true. what I didn't like, though? I, I, it looked like with the Golden State Warriors, it looked like they adjusted to Chris Paul more so than Chris Paul adjusting to the Warriors system. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, they ran a but lot does of pick he, and but roll. I don't know. You have to tell me, Paul, does he fit their system I, as constructed in the way that they're running it? I think he needs to be on the second unit, to, to be honest, because yeah. when Draymond comes back, you know, we're used to seeing Draymond be the guy at the top, dribble handoffs, finding yep. guys on fades, uh, bounce passes back door, facilitating the offense. And I don't know how well that works with Chris Paul in the starting lineup. So I would like to see him when Draymond comes back, uh, move Chris Paul to the second unit to where he can run his sort of pick and, roll style, pick and roll style of basketball that, that suits him more than being with the first unit who's more back door cuts, fades, down screens, dribble handoffs, you know, because we didn't see a lot of that when Chris Paul handled the ball. Okay, but is Chris going to be happy with that? Is he going to sit still for being on the second unit? I mean, look, you're coming into a situation. You're coming into a dynasty. You're coming into a, a, a team with a culture that you're, you're trying to get adjusted to. So you got to make sacrifices when you get to the age of 38. You know, when you know you're on the down slate of your career, you got to do things different. You got to get out your comfort zone. That's just what it is. I mean, is, is it something no wrong, no, starting in 
playing with the first unit for five or six minutes. Yeah. Is there something wrong with that, Skip? Well, that's what Steve Kerr is trying to have it both ways. You know, we're, I'm going to start him, but then I want him mainly to focus on... But he's on also starting because Draymond yes, that's isn't correct. there too, right? I mean, that may be the case, but is it so? I, I don't necessarily... I, I you would have to tell me, uh, Skip and Paul, because I don't necessarily see anything wrong with giving a guy five minutes with the first unit yeah. and then when you put the second unit in, now allowing him to go with the second unit... If, if, in fact, the second unit is doing what they're supposed to do with him yeah, on the floor. Maybe. All right. So yesterday, Paul made the point that this team, Golden State, is one injury away from missing the playoffs. Because if you lose one of your key pieces, mm -hmm. they're just not deep and talented enough to overcome that kind of loss. So I, I buy that. And, and I, I did push back against you yesterday saying don't sleep on this team because you, you still have a lot of of distance shooting firepower. You, you got the two greatest tandem shooters in the history of basketball. And yet you see what happened last night. Once again, they live and they die by the three the way nobody does. The, nobody in this league lives and dies more than they do from distance. So what did the starters do last night? Speaking of Chris Paul being a starter, the starters combined to go seven of 34 from three. You're going to lose your home game if you do that. He was 0 from six. Yeah, he was yeah. 0 for six. And in the fourth quarter, Chris Paul did get to play with the starters, and he went 0 for four from three. Well, it's killer because the, the home crowd detonates, as you know, off the threes. Mm -hmm. And when, when I'm looking at the, the starters, it, it, my God, Clay got off to a horrendous start. He wound up 3 of 11. Steph wasn't much better at 4 of 14. And as you said, Keyshawn Chris went 0 of 6. And even Wiggins tried three threes and missed all three of them. You're going to lose at home. If, if you make four or five of those, you're going to win this game because it went to the wire. It, it was close. And then to your point, I pushed back against you yesterday about Devin Booker running the point. Can you get away with it for 82 games and then a big playoff run with him having the identity crisis of, do I shoot it or do I pass it? Well, I'm, I'm going to give you this. It was opening night, but down the stretch, I'm going to show you the three shots that won this game because it's nip-tuck down the stretch. Right. And let me show you if we could roll this. The first shot is Okogie takes one three in the whole game. And this is from Book all the way Book to the corner. The right That's play. the only one he took the whole game, and he makes it to put them up four. And then Eric Gordon, this is from Book again. He's open, and he had missed his first six threes, and he makes one. And that's huge because it put him back up five. And then this is a pick and roll to Nurkic. Perfect good pass. pass. Just a really good pass, a pick and roll with Nurkic. And, and that's the – oh, now we're going through the whole tape again. But, but the point is – the Nurkic one put them back up four points. And those, those are boom, Huge boom, plays. boom. Huge plays. And Devin Booker down the stretch of this game, they won it 13-8, to eight, and he assisted or scored. He, he had every a time. hand in every point every that they scored, okay? So to your point, the offense is running through Book, uh, completely through Book. He's yes. going to have the ball in his hands. But is that going to continue? Yeah. I don't know. I don't like it for, for, for all game. I yeah. like it down the stretch more so yeah. for Book. They have to have somebody relieve him of the ball handling duties. Yeah. You know, he, he shouldn't have to do it all game when he's in the game because he's such a great scorer. He can do it for stretches, and like we saw down the stretch of last night's game. So that's where you really like, like when I played, I didn't handle the ball most of the game, but down the stretch, I had the ball in my hand and run pick and roll to make plays because yep. I could, I could shoot the three mid range and find guys. So that's the role I like book playing. So they have to find a guy who could be a better facilitator throughout the course of the game. So where they don't end up with 19 turnovers because book has six of them. He had six turnovers. Okay. So down the stretch at home with that crowd on the edge of its seat, 
Again, it's 13 to 8 over the last five minutes in favor of the visiting team. And, and Kevin Durant has nothing to do with this. He, he goes quiet in the second half. He was two for nine. So he was no factor down the stretch of this game. And, and yet Golden State has six three-point shots, and Steph made one out of two, and Chris missed all three of his, and Clay missed his. So it's, I'm just trying to make the point. This team is going to go as the threes fall. And if, if they make a couple of those, we're having a different conversation and say, what a big upset this was. No, right? you are having a different yeah. conversation. And, and this, in my opinion, that three-point shooting Wolves is, a, is, is an outlier. This is a one-off for them. Yeah. They're two of the greatest shooters in the history of the game, if not the greatest. Yeah. They're not going to all of a sudden forget how to shoot the basketball. Chris Paul is not a three-point shooting guard. He's a facilitator. Mm-hmm. He will not be will not be taking six shots at the three point line yeah. in Golden State's units. It just you can't see that happening with this unit. It goes through Curry, it goes through Thompson, and then every now and then Dre will you know put up a couple. Chris won't be sitting there shooting six three pointers. He just won't. Yeah. You know another one of my concerns is the Golden State Warriors score forty points in the third quarter. 40 points. That's 40. a lot of points. It's a lot of points. For, for one quarter. Then they score 18 points it's, in the it's, fourth it's quarter. Ridiculous. I mean, they're, they have the oldest backcourt in the league with Chris Paul starting. Yeah. They have the oldest front three in the league when you combine Klay Thompson, Chris Paul, mm-hmm. and Steph Curry. You know, Chris is 38, Steph is 35, yeah. and Klay is 33. So you think the that, legs get tired? I think maybe they get tired. And that's why like losing pool, losing pool, a guy who can shoot the three, who, who is a young legs in there, it's going to wind up hurting them, you know, especially late in the year. Okay, but I don't they think they want to do Poole and Draymond. A pool in general, yeah. just yeah. his whole, but you could argue everything that, that he yeah. was dealing with last year, yeah. his yeah, attitude late in, the, late in the season. Yeah. They probably just was like, you know what, let's just move on from that. Okay. So the, the point is, <clears throat> Kevin Durant had his moments last night, but, Paul, I told you yesterday I, I haven't seen that killer Kevin Durant since he went to Phoenix because he's deferring. He's like, to, to me, he's, he's being uh, unselfish to a fault because he's got Devin Booker and now he's going to have Bradley when he comes in. And it, it just feels like... He's always he, been unselfish. No, but, no, but listen, there are times, like, maybe I'm well, hung up not, on it's Oklahoma not, City Kevin Durant or even when he yeah. first got to Golden State. Uh-huh. He, it was his, you could just see his attitude. Give me the ball and get out of my way. When it's time, I got this. Because he was the MVP of back-to-back finals, and he was the reason that they went back over the top against LeBron and company. Yeah, it, it, look, I, 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 I've always seen him as an unselfish player to get everybody involved. And he's going to get his regardless. It was the first game, Skip. Yeah. It's well, one, no, I'm, I'm talking about all down the stretch last I, I, year. I, I, he did that, not assert himself the number way he one, Number Booker, one, Skip. Booker stepped up. No, yeah. But number Booker one, he had just got there. Number two, he got hurt. Number three, they came together at the end of the season and yeah. into the playoffs. Okay. Yeah. So you can't knock him for doing it the way he did it in – 
what was it, 25 games that he played in? Yeah. That was it. Sean, I'm yeah. talking about Kevin bleeping Durant. It doesn't matter. Yes, it does. No, it does not. Yeah. You're trying to, when you got your get, toe in the water. Saying, though, no, Kevin but when Durant, you got your toe Kevin in the Durant. water, though, but you got your toe in the water, you're trying to understand a new environment in a new situation. We're saying with generational players, they come in and they make their territory known. They just say, this is, this is, I, this is I, me. I own this. LeBron, he go to I'm, Miami. I'm Wade is here. there. He like, this is he me. Did. We go to he L.A. Did. This no, is me. No, it took LeBron a minute. It took D-Wade to pass the torch to LeBron well, to have LeBron D-Wade say, it he, he, this is yours. You go ahead you and know, you do this. This is KD. KD's a generational talent. He's, when he, wherever he goes, they should take a step back. Like Steph Curry did and Clay when he went to Golden State. But I see what Skip is saying it now. It was a so. month. Thank you. One month. The dude was really healthy but that's to play KD. one month. That's KD, though. Yeah, but he's trying to figure it out. Nah, they figure it out around him. That's how that goes. Man, I told you once already <laughs> at the top of the show, I'm not going to argue with you because you played in the NBA and you're a Hall of Famer, so you know about basketball. But I'm saying as an athlete, yeah. you trying to understand your surroundings and and get a feel for it. Now, if you're having this conversation with me two months from now, then I'm going to have a different take on it. Maybe. But as of right now, it's like one game, and then you point back to last year, it's like dude was coming off an injury, a freak okay. accident. Come on now. All right, no. Give you him a break. Now. Okay, I- I'm, I'm saying this to motivate him because I started to wonder last year, is a little semi-retirement creeping into his game? Is he resting on his laurels? Because he went to Golden State when nobody thought he could when the whole NBA world was waiting for him to fall flat on his face. Back-to-back finals, he took over, especially the game threes in LeBron's house. It was extraordinary, and he did that. And it's almost like, okay, I did that. And then he talked yesterday about he would like to have his number retired in Golden State. Well, mm-hmm. he deserves you know, obviously, yeah. that, that would be great. But, but again, do you, do you want to have your number retired in Phoenix also? Do you, do you want to go make a it's statement? It's one game, no, Skip. it's a whole season. <laughs> it's not a season whole season. Yeah. It was about. about five games in the regular season and <laughs> throughout the playoffs. Stop, <laughs> man. Five games? Yeah, he didn't play much in the, when he got there. He, right. Remember, he got hurt. Okay, let's get back to the National Football League because Travis Kelsey has outraged me. He is so wrong about what he said about Tom Brady. Here we go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Travis Kelsey speaking on the I Am Athlete podcast said all the right things about Tom Brady, but predictably said he can see his man Patrick Mahomes passing Brady as the GOAT. Yet, one point he made in Mahomes' favor caught my eye and stuck in my craw. Kelsey said, I think it's a little more all on Pat 
than it was on Brady. Keyshawn Johnson, please tell me you don't see any truth in that statement. In, in, in terms of the start, uh, in, in terms of the beginning of the Super Bowl wins for Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes, I'm not talking about the course of the 10, 11 Super Bowl appearances or whatever, the seven Super Bowl wins. I'm just talking about that first three or so. Tom Brady certainly made some plays in those Super Bowls. There's no question about it. Some. But when they went into those Super Bowls, they were not saying, oh, my God, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. They were saying, watch out for the defense in the running game. Tom Brady could still do right. some things. And I think this is what Travis Kelsey is talking about, something that I keep trying to get you to understand, Skip. I understand no one wants to ever talk bad about Tom Brady because he is essentially, in many eyes, the goal at the quarterback position, if not the best player to ever play in the National Football League, depending on who you ask it. So I understand that you're afraid to say anything from a negative standpoint about his accolades. But what I would say, when you look at Patrick Mahomes' first three Super Bowls, his five AFC championship games at home, it seems to me, with a defense that was always suspect, because as of right now, this is the best defense that he's had in Kansas City the way they're playing this year. That he's always been like this. He's had to do a lot at the quarterback position, to get the football to certain guys, all of those things. He didn't have the luxury of just leaning heavy on the defensive side of the ball. Then in terms of, you know, how you all people like to talk about the numbers and stuff like that. So if you go to the numbers in the first five playoff appearances on each, meaning those seasons, passing yards, Patrick Mahomes is ahead. 4,000 and some change to 3,000 and some change. Passing touchdowns, 35 to 20. Interceptions is less than Brady. Brady nine, P. Holmes seven. So when you start to play that game, Patrick is ahead there. Plus, he's already got two. He's been to three. This is only, this is the beginning of his career. Okay? Now, maybe there's a stretch like it was for Brady that comes where he doesn't win one for 10 years or something and gets back and rattles it off. But he is certainly on pace to pass but, him but up. Time out. I, I just got to make one quick point. You realize that in all of Patrick's playoff games, he's had the greatest pass-catching tight end ever and the greatest, most dangerous deep threat we've ever seen but in you gotta get, but, but you have to get the football to those guys. You got to get it. He didn't win the Super Bowl last year with, with no Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill okay. wasn't Tyreek no, Hill. No, but I'm, I'm saying against, you know, all back through the Brady period, right? Through, through, yeah. I, I understand that, but what he's saying, though, Skip, is Patrick Mahomes had more heavy lifting to do. He didn't rely on the defense and Corey Dillon. That was not the situation. Okay, but, but you realize in Tom's first six Super Bowl victories in New England, he won all six of those games with game-winning drives in the fourth quarter that, overtime. I, all I, six I, of I started them. off that's, by that's saying. The heaviest I, I, I started off by saying. His first three Super Bowls, he certainly did some stuff. There's no question. He didn't win no MVPs of the league in his first three Super Bowls. He didn't even come close to winning okay. MVPs. But his second his Super Bowl was a shootout that, that he won against Carolina, I, and he was the we, MVP we of the Super Bowl. We are talking about the individual quarterbacks here, Skip. Mm -hmm. He did not win league MVP. But we're talking about help. And help on offense, he's thrown to Edelman and Amendola, seventh rounder and an undrafted free agent, right? That, that had record-breaking seasons, okay, throughout the course of the West, season. Wes Welker, undrafted, okay? Re record-breaking seasons throughout the season. 
He's throwing the football to those guys. Yes, they. you, you act like they didn't contribute. Yes, they contributed just because okay. they got drafted in the seventh and, round doesn't mean anything. And, Richard, I'm, before I hand it to you, I'm going to remind everybody that in the fourth quarter against your Legion of Boom, as great as it was, Tom threw for – they were down 24-14, to 14, and Tom threw for 124 yards in the fourth quarter alone with two touchdowns. And his primary targets were Edelman, who got four for 54, and Shane Vereen caught four for 22. So it's Shane, not exactly Marshall Falk you're throwing. I'm sorry. I know Skip wanted to throw it to you, but I'm going to step back in real quick, Richard. He's not talking about five and six and seven Super Bowl. He's talking about the beginning of his career. We're talking about the beginning. Because... Patrick Mahomes' career is not over. Tom Brady's is over. Mm. We're talking about the beginning of the career. You're talking about against Seattle at the end of his career. End of his career? Well, it wasn't the end, but it was close to the end. Okay. Go, Richard. I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to be whoever you watch. The GOAT is going to be who you watch. My GOAT in basketball is Kobe. I watched Kobe. Kobe is the GOAT to me. People who watch LeBron is going to say LeBron. The kids that grew up watching LeBron James will say LeBron James. Everybody who watched Jordan will say Jordan. Uh, it's the same watch. will be true with the quarterback GOAT situation. People, that, people say Montana. There are people that say Marino because they watched them play. They watched them dominate when they were playing. At the end of the day, they're going to say Patrick Mahomes because they watched him. The kids that are watching him right now, he, he has won two MVPs at the National Football League already. He has won two Super Bowls out of three. It is the Arrowhead Invitational every year, AFC Championship every single season for the last five years. It's going through Arrowhead Stadium. So at the end of the day, right now, if you're going based off career trajectory, his is, is ascending. It's, it's ascending higher than Tom's was at this current moment. So there isn't a lot wrong with what Travis has said. And I mean, at, at the end of the day, I would say Pat did have Tyreek for a lot of those years, those MVP seasons, he did have Tyreek Hill, and Tyreek Hill played a big part in that. I mean, uh, there was a time that Tom had Randy Moss, and they went undefeated. It was it was crazy. That was the best receiver he had ever had in his time, and that was the best record in National Football League at the time until they ran into those Giants and Eli Manning and what they did. Everything else is history, but I think at, you can't argue against it right now because, as Key said, Tom's... 21 years in the National Football League is complete. His career is done. Patrick is still in the middle of his prime. So it's hard for us to judge a complete book versus a book that's still being written and saying one is greater than the other. We're not talking about whether Patrick can become the GOAT or not. Maybe he can, but he's got a long, long way to go. No, Travis, I fixated on one line. He's saying Tom had more help than Patrick has had. That's what he's saying. It was harder for, it has been harder for Patrick. And, 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 okay? and, I, and I tried to get Where's you Where's the lie, though, Skip? And I tried to get Where's you Where's the lie? Are you kidding? Yeah, okay. did, okay. did, did Tom you, not play with Hall of Famers at the beginning okay, of his career? Yeah, he did. did, did that's, that's, the, the that's all no, no, no. I'm trying to tell you. Okay. All right. That's but, all I'm but, trying to tell you, Skip. All those Super Bowls that he won with game-winning drives in the fourth quarter. He was the leader of that, that team. That doesn't change the fact okay. he has yes, Super, he has Hall of right. Famers. All right. <laughs> so what happened in the first Eli Super Bowl? Tom did what he always does. He pulled off an 80-yard drive late in the game with two minutes left. He hit said Randy Moss, a five-yard pass for a touchdown that put them up 14 to 10. Then what happened to Belichick's defense after that? Eli goes 75 yards, needing not just a field goal, needed to go score a touchdown. You're down four. And Belichick's defense gave up to Eli Manning, a 75-yard drive, 
20-some yard pass to Plaxico, ended it, and they lost 17 to 14. What happened in the Eagles Super Bowl? Tom Brady threw for an all-time playoff record, still stands, 505 yards. What happened to Belichick's defense that day, Keyshawn? I ask you, they gave up, wait a second, 41 points to the backup quarterback for the Eagles? Nick Foles scored 41 on Belichick's defense, and they lost 41 to 33. 33 should have been plenty enough to win that game. I, I'm sorry, you're, you're and saying. And what did the Rams, what did the, so, the Belichick so, so, and Flores so, so Skip, so Skip, the two the examples that you yep. just used, the two examples you just used, you're saying 17 points should have been good enough. Should, should, like the defense held that team to 17 yep. points, and Brady good. scored 14 points, and yep. they somehow should have won that game because good Tom half. Brady, because of what? They held up, they held the Giants to 17 points, 17. and Tom Brady couldn't score 18 points, yeah, the so Giants they lost really that game. I'm not saying, but you really can't sit good. there and say the defense didn't play well. This is a Super Bowl. Eli Manning had some of the most craziest runs in the playoffs. The two Super Bowls he ran, he he won. He was elite during those playoff runs. So to say, hey, the defense gave up 17 points. They played so terrible. Yeah. And Tom Brady had 14 points, and he played so great. That doesn't even make sense. But, but see, like all but, the but, sense. But see, what are you talking about? Tom did what he needed to do to win the game. 80-yard drive. He scored 14 points. Clearly he did. That's enough. We're, we're, you, you played defense. Weren't you ashamed of what Belichick gave up to Eli Manning? Nobody thought Eli was anything great at that no, point. No, Eli was ice in the playoffs. Oh, Man, come okay. on now. Well, he in, in, the in the playoffs, he was ice. ice. You know that. You know so, it was ridiculous skipping so, well, the playoffs. Okay, what happened when Tom Brady faced Patrick Mahomes in big playoff games, won an AFC championship game, won a Super Bowl? What happened in the, the cold toe, and the, the toe was on the line. Oh, if the toe wasn't oh, on the okay. line, he would have been at – He'd have yeah. gone to, what, four straight Super Bowls or something like that? Four. Yeah. So do you Come remember on. what Brady did in overtime at Kansas City? Three straight yeah, third yes. teams. I'm going to show them to you real but quick. But you're also you talking this? about a guy only in his second year versus, is, a guy, versus a guy that's been playing yeah, forever. I want to show you what he did throwing to the seventh-round pick quarterback. Julian Edelman, he played quarterback in college. This is what happened. Three straight <laughs> third and tens. You. Who completes – Who? Who converts three straight third and tens? That's to Edelman for 20. Tom Brady does. Wait, here's Edelman again. Oh, bingo. There's 15 more to Edelman. That's third and 10. Third and 10 to Gronk. This sets up the touchdown because Rex Burkhead's about to carry three straight times. Who can convert three straight third and tens in Kansas City in the cold? Tom Brady can. Thank you. Tom Brady can. All right. Then what happened? Tom Brady can. So they face each other in the Super Bowl, and Mahomes – Completely unravels. He's horrendous. He has no touchdown passes and two picks. He's playing with Are you serious? He had me and you for trying Stop to protect it. him. Okay, that's what Against Tom Brady Tom often defense. has. That's exactly who was trying to protect Tom Brady. No, it's but not. Brady no, it's knows not. how to get rid of the football. No, it's not. And Patrick's going to run around back there. I'm going to do it backyard. And on, they're going to throw me I down. Would, you, okay? you, you don't turn it's this conversation into this. You lost again. You Listen, have turned Patrick was horrendous. He had a QBR of 42 to Tom. 77. Tom threw three touchdown passes to no picks in that Super Bowl. Patrick, zero to two. Woo! 
Skip. I got at you again. Day, at the end of the day, I got Skip, you again. Skip, you didn't get anyone. You, you oh, just, oh, you just talked it. more and, and just kept it. talking in repetitive yeah. cycles. Stop I, it, Travis day, Kelsey. Right what are you now, talking about? At this about? point in his career, Brady at had this more point help. in his career, what, what, Patrick Mahomes has done more what, than what Tom help? did at this point I, in his I career. To, I, it is what it is. There's two MVPs. Tom didn't have an MVP. At the end of the day, Skip, you can keep talking, but you're not making any sense. You're not making great points, so I'm not going to let you keep talking over me. When you make a good point, we'll give you credit. You just said Tom Brady scored. 14 points in a Super Bowl yeah. was enough for them to win the game. It yeah. was not. It's That's not the truth. No, Tom has won Super Bowls. He has played well and good enough to win them. He has seven Super Bowl wins. He went to 10. You give him all the credit in the world. But to say, hey, Tom Brady didn't have any help, like he didn't have Hall of Fame players on that defense, yeah. it's that's asinine. All, that's all, but that's all, all I'm trying to get you. That's wait, all I'm wait, trying wait to get you, dude. This conversation ended when I said Patrick Mahomes. Wait a second. He's got, is Travis Kelsey any good? How good is he? Yes. How good is he? Is How good Robert is he, Bijan? Like, How good is what he? Like, like, what are we Gronk? talking about? You're acting like Gronk is like the okay, ninth okay. tight end to ever play the okay. game. Better, better tight end, Travis Kelsey or Gronk? It depends. Depends what? on who it, it does. No. Who, would you you rather rather who would you rather have? You what am I would rather have Gronk? What am I running? Tom Brady played with Gronk. Mm-hmm. You, Gronk is considered one of the top tight ends yep. who ever lace them up. What are you talking I, about? I'm, I'm talking about who's better, Travis Kelsey or Gronk, because it, you're telling me Tom had more what? help. No, no, he did not. Are you? Tyreek. Hey, he's Tyreek, a Hall made of Fame tight end, and he will right go to the Hall of Fame. Mark. Every single wide receiver that Tom Brady had is better than every single receiver that, tra- that, that Patrick Mahomes had. Okay, I understand. No, 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 no. Hold on. Slow down. I understand you're going to say Tyreek Hill. I get that. I understand you're going to say Kelsey. But when you look at Julian Edelman's numbers and the production in the playoffs and the things that he did, come on, man. You're going to sit up and tell me that Julian Edelman in the playoffs was just chopped liver? Like he was just a seventh round free agent guy? No. Who was throwing to him? He raised to the. Oh, thank you. it doesn't matter who was throwing to him. You said to me that he had less weapons. Mm-hmm. That's not true. That's totally true. Tyreek Hill is on his way to the to the Hall of Fame. Randy Moss is in the Hall of Fame. Okay, he had him for okay. basically Do- one year. Doesn't matter. That's still a okay. year they went to the Super Bowl. So, okay. so, and he so still, still has record-breaking numbers. So it does okay. not matter. Go Rob ahead. Gronkowski will be in the Hall of Fame the first year he's eligible sure. to go. Yes, he is absolutely. considered by many and most to be the greatest tight end to ever play the game, yes. the most complete but, tight end to yeah. ever play the game. Travis I Kelsey, hear what you're saying, no. but Travis Kelsey has 5,000 yards less than Tony Gonzalez. Tony I, Gonzalez played I, I in a time where they weren't even passing the ball yeah. like that. I'm trying to understand your point. Your point is irrelevant because you're not making a point. You're talking about two great tight ends. They both had great tight ends. Depends on who you want to pick on the day. Rob Gronkowski, I guarantee you Tom Brady will not take Travis Kelsey over Rob Gronkowski. I guarantee you Patrick Mahomes won't take Gronkowski over Travis Kelsey. But either way, you're happy. And then if I start breaking it all the way down to you, Skip, and I start looking at the running game, Tom Brady had a way better running game than what they've been running in Kansas City in them Super Bowls, man. Mm. Come on now. Defensively, I told you that this is the best defense as we sit seven, eight weeks into the season that that young man has ever played with. I can go back to Tom Brady's defenses. Mm-hmm. Lights out. 41 to Philadelphia. Lights 
out. 41. I get it. Belichick, way Guess what they did to the greatest second show on turf in the Los Angeles Rams? I give you that. Yo, now you're going to give me that one. But I always tell you that. They were high-fly scoring machine till they ran up in that buzzsaw. Come on, man, stop. And what happened at the end of the game? John Madden's up in the press box, up in the TV booth saying, I think they need to shut the kid down. This is first year starting. They should just play for overtime. And what happened? (laughs) Five straight completions and a walk-off field goal. I I, I can't. And he's throwing to guys like Troy Brown. Who's Troy I, I, Brown? I, I he plays both ways, right? I can't. Okay. I can't with you. Yeah. Well, I. You, I'm you not saying that Brady. You're, you're, I'm not saying so that Brady ain't the greatest of yeah. all times. I'm Travis not saying Kelsey that. Is so wrong. I'm not saying this. that. I'm just giving you a young man. Yeah. In Patrick Mahomes, who I, has I, two I MVPs to, in his three Super Bowl yeah, appearance I, years. I often made the, made the case and the joke that Brady. It's like he goes out before the game and he looks up in the stands and he says. Hey, you guys, you three from Dorchester, just just come on down. You, We're going to give you, you a helmet you shoulder should, pass. Quit, you should quit mm-hmm. this conversation yeah. now yeah. and get us to something you else because uh, you just got hit from the left and the right. Yeah, and, and I knocked right. both of you completely out with one swing. You, you said Rob Gronkowski isn't is in the conversation for greatest tight end in all time. You ended your, your mm. legitimacy no, at I that said point. He was. Oh, come on. Is Kelsey better than, than Rob? Yeah, everybody says he is. Yeah, he's because he, no, he, no, he's no, not no. playing right Kelsey's now. He's going to get enshrined and before he's been he even banged up. And yeah. he stopped playing and he came okay. back with right. Tom. Okay. Stop. Up next, we debate. How do you explain Anthony Davis? Now, that's a question. Stupid. No mercy. No mercy. No mercy. This Friday on Undisputed, don't miss Little Wayne making his weekly appearance along with special guest 2 Chains, 9.30 a.m. Eastern on FS1. A big reason I picked the Lakers to win it all this season was that in a preseason ESPN ranking of the top 100 players, the only team with two top 10 players was the Lakers with LeBron at 9, AD at 10. Last night, A.D. did score 17 in the first half. Not bad, but with only one rebound. Then he went 0 for 6 in the second half without shooting a single free throw. So, Paul Pierce, I'm going to drive you crazy with this, but going forward, scale of 1 to 10, how much can you trust A.D. to be a top 10 player? Uh, it's 50-50 because one night he gives you games like yeah. this. The next night he gives you unbelievable numbers where he's doing everything. So, I mean, this is so what we come. This like is you could, like a five. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like a five. So, I mean, there's no discount in his ability. It's just when he wants to do it. And he has to feel like he can do it every single night. And like I said earlier in the show, it's about his mentality. You know, you got to come in there in Denver, defending champs and say, hey, the way you played in the first half, we'll accept outside of the rebounding and the defense. You got to come out like that in the second half. Yep. I expected him I, I expected him to have like 30 and 11 last night. You know, yep. he was on pace for, for that. He uh, was. But, you know, it's all a mentality. Did you ever like, play with anybody like this? Can you remember anybody? Have you ever seen anybody come and go like he can no, come and no. go? Not with his talent. Right. Not with his talent. We talk about top 10 talent potentially being the – he could potentially be the best player in the league. He I can. Mean, I mean, come on. He has yeah, that ability. I agree. But this is the thing. He Maybe he's feeling the pressure of the best player of this generation. Yeah handing the torch to you. You know, I don't know what kind of pressure that is. You know, you got the a generational a LeBron in my eyes, you know, one of the top five players that ever played a game, handing you a torch. Yep. You know, that should give you confidence in itself right there. But for some reason, we don't get that from AD night in and night out. Yeah, go, Richard. 
I mean, at the end of the day, we gotta we gotta figure it out. We gotta figure out what's going on with AD. We gotta figure out what's different because he was really hyped and excited early in the season. I mean, in the, this off season, this yeah. off season, he was like, "Hey, we want the Nuggets. We wanna we wanna see what we can do." The, you you heard the media day hype. You know, hey, we're so pissed off. They they called us. You know, they're the Lakers' daddy and all this other stuff. Yeah. And then we get to the game and you disappear. And so. I don't know what, what, how we can trust him. I, I, I want to trust him. I, as a Lakers fan, I want him to do incredibly well. I want him to be the player that we made him out to be, the player that we traded for, the player that we traded all those assets for, the player that he's shown to be in flashes. But against Jokic, it's, it's starting to seem like it, it's an intimidation factor where this guy may have your number. This guy may be your kryptonite because he's going in there and he's bullying him, game in and game out. And during the playoffs, we said, ah, uh, Maybe it's injury. Maybe it's AD's tired. Maybe we need to get somebody else to defend um, Jokic. But when you got a man-on-man opportunity and you say, hey, this is the best player in the world. This is a guy that I need to step up and stop and then go at offensively, and you don't do it and you disappear, then it's hard for me to trust you. It's hard for me to say, hey, this is a top-10 guy because (laughs) a top-10 guy has to be top-10 every game, every play, not just from time to time. It's All like right. you know, it's like that dog when you first meet that dog, you go up to it and it bites you, and then the next time you come around that dog, it, it just it cuddles up on you and lets you pet it. Yeah. This is this is this is <laughs> what I'm seeing right now. But will he still bite? <laughs> he may bite again. You just don't know. You just don't know. Mm-mm. <laughs> he may bite again. So, so Richard, you grew up a Laker fan, so your scale of one to ten trust factor going forward is what? Like a three or four of five. Five. Okay. Five. So you guys are it's both it's right five. in the middle because I have seen him play elite basketball. I've seen him play at a really high level where you're like, oh. Oh, man, that's the guy. He, he can be a guy in this league. He can be an MVP in the National Basketball Association. And then I've seen a guy that disappears like he did in the second half of the first yeah. game of the season. Yeah. And you ex- you expect things like that to happen throughout the season. You know, Paul, you can speak to this. You know, there are lows. You get, you get sure. you know, 82 games is a long time for anybody to be, you know, at the top and top of the game. game. So you expect one. Days, but you don't expect one. it to be. Game one? No, not game one. We're not supposed to see this type of effort in the second half. No. Not game one. No. Well, just because I picked him, yeah, I'm gonna, I don't, I, that's the part yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. Like, come on, man, give me, give me at least a couple games of like something to argue about, something to to, to fight. You know, this man gave you a twenty nine yeah. point like, triple it's, double it's like, game one, and you. I, I watched you, Richard, and I, and I seen how you when you went up against the elite receivers. You, you know what I'm saying? How you was up for those games, right? Oh. You, you know, you're going to be up. It's just certain games you're up for. You're going against Joker, the finals MVP. He's won two MVPs before that. You're going to be up for certain games. And this is one of them. I don't care if it is game one. So there's certain games you just, you got to get up for. And I just didn't see that in the second half. And I don't, I can't explain why. Yeah. Okay. So just because I picked them, I'm going to go up to a seven on my trust scale because a little more often than not, I have seen him be a top 10 player because I did witness what happened in the bubble. And, Paul, you remember this. AD took the torch. I don't think it was actually publicly passed to him. He just took it. He quietly took the torch. And he was the best player on the floor all through the bubble. Yes. And they did beat Denver, right, in the, what was that, the conference finals, I guess it was. Yeah, after they had eliminated the Clippers. And A.D. rose and shone in all those games. And he rose and shone in the finals. And LeBron was really good. But I thought A.D. was a little better. Mm -hmm. And he was the driving force of that team. So I I saw him do that. 
there were a couple stretches last year when I thought he was the best player in the league, not not just top 10 or top five, the best player because he's capable of being that. And then last night mixed my emotions because if you come out in the first half and score 17 in this statement game, well, that's that's pretty great, right? I mean, you, you can't argue with that. But then you look at the rebound right. column, and he got one rebound. How do you score 17 and get one rebound? And you're I, – I think he's 6'10". I'm going to give him 6'10". But he plays, as Keyshawn points out, he's so long, he, he plays seven feet tall. So how – if you play seven feet tall, do you come away with one rebound? Then he comes out after half, and he says, okay, watch this. And he gets you, for what it's worth, he gets you six rebounds in the second half. Not bad. If that would be 12 for the game, you'd say, okay, you can live with that. And you know the rest of the story. He, he goes 0 for 6, and he does not get to the free throw line. He got to the free throw line a little bit in the first half because he made four out of four. And he can make free throws. He'll, he'll have jags where he just goes crazy and loses it and slumps. But, but he's, he's a good shooter. His coach wants him to shoot more three-point shots to make the defense play him a little more straight up and, and make them honor the three-point shot. I, listen, he, he is still an extremely gifted player, and, and I think it drives Darvin Ham crazy because he, he doesn't know how to push. What, what button do you push? Like, Richard didn't need his button pushed. It's, it, it just stays pushed, right? I mean, it, it, if it's a right. big, Yeah, I mean, you're just going to come out, and it, if it's Michael Crabtree, yeah, you're going to really rise and shine. You're, you're going to be out of your mind geek to play this game. But, but not like, like Richard, I, I never saw you not be – extremely emotional and ready to play for every game you played because that's just how you were built. That's that's who you were. It's not how this guy is built. Right. It just doesn't seem like he wants to respond to the moment. Like, I, I, I don't get if I have to push your if somebody got to push your buttons, you're not a top 10 player. If, if somebody got to get you up, you're not a top 10 player. Because a top 10 player is always pushed. It's always looking to be great. It's always looking to push himself. He's always looking for that opponent to, to dominate. Hey, if you go out there against Jokic and have a 34-12 and 12 game and your team wins, that's a statement game. That's a statement, hey, I'm back. I'm letting you know that I'm the greatest player in the league right here on the same court as you. But what he showed was, hey, when we share in the same court, you the big dog and I'm just the dog on the court. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm here, but you the big dog. Respect. Respect. There ain't not a player on the goddamn field that yeah. I'm giving that kind of praise to. Yeah. I played against Megatron. I played against yeah. I played against Randy. I played against the big-time receivers. And at the end of the day, I don't care who it is. I'm going out there and putting it on tape that I'm the man. Like, I'm going to dominate this matchup. Do you win every single matchup that you face? Heck no. But do you go out there and make it a dogfight? That's what you do. That wasn't a dogfight. It looked like he was scared to compete with this man. You saw him getting bullied on the defensive end he where he's just backing him down, you know? And, and then you look up and you're like, oh, fight for the rebound. Jokic, hey, excuse me, get out of the way. Let me get that. Like, you can't have that as the best player. No, no. So, Paul, did you need Doc to push your butt? Never. Did you ever? I, I mean, I, I'm a self-motivated yes. player. I mean, I, I didn't need a coach. I didn't need a player. I mean, it just has to come with from within. And that's why I question this generation's love for the game, yep. this generation's competitive spirit, this generation's passion. Because if you have any kind of passion, any kind of love for the game with that type of ability, you know, I know we've been on AD all morning and saying this, but when he gives you 
these special games on certain nights. You expect to see it all the time. And when he disappears to this magnitude, it just it's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling okay. to see a player of this caliber disappear and shrink like, like Ant-Man. And so, I mean, I guess that's who he was second half, Ant-Man. Yeah, he was an ant. I tweeted that. I said he had the impact of an ant. He was Ant-Man. So if you were his teammate, Paul Pierce, what, what would you say to him when you pulled him aside? What, what would you? You know, my thing, if, if he was my teammate, I would encourage him, like, look, man, I think if I'm, if I'm LeBron, I'd be like, look, you're the best player on the planet, but I need you to go out here and show me. Kevin Garnett had, had me thinking I was the best player on the planet. Okay. When I'm matching up against LeBron or when I'm matching yeah. up against Kobe, he made me feel like, that's hey, you're better than them. Yeah. And that's what I think LeBron needs to do that with AD. Because, you know, when it comes from a guy like LeBron and when it comes from a I'm guy sure like KG, yeah. it's like you going to that game like, oh, okay, okay, I'm feeling you. And they, and that's the trust factor coming from one of the GOATs telling you this? It is. I yeah. mean, how much – I mean, what more you need? No, I, got, I mean, I, got it. I feel like he telling him that, but he can't chew his food I agree. for him. I agree. That's exactly the point. Well – here we go. Let's get back to the National Football League. Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones. Did he just take a shot at Dak Prescott? We debate next. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. Once again, your turn. Hashtag Undisputed Live. Here we go. First tweet from All-Star Keyshawn. Why do you keep blaming... And just admit, Bron old. Blame what? What am I blaming? Well, LeBron, blaming LeBron, 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 was, LeBron was plus seven, 29 minutes, man, no turnovers, 21 points. Blaming what? Well, Anthony he, Davis didn't play well. Bron is old, but he's still playing at a very yeah, level. Come on, man. He's still playing well. I, 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 I just don't understand why we keep saying, I mean, we want AD to be the best player in the world and the best player on this team, but LeBron James still is statistically, so until yep. that changes, like. All right. Next tweet from Eric. Jerry Jones before the trade deadline. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> Sad but true. Sad but true. That's Jerry. <laughs> Flames leaping up around him. And finally from Robert Merrill. <clears throat> this is the last time Keyshawn played basketball. LOL. <laughs> it's been a minute. It's been a it's minute. It's been a minute. I, I saw but you I'm all right. I think I saw you on the other network. Play yeah, messing around a little 202 thing. <laughs> I let Jay Will handle that. Yeah, you did. You looked okay. <laughs> I was fairly impressed. All right, back to the Cowboys. Jerry Jones said on his radio show, he's always saying something on his radio show, but this was, you see a team step up and play like Minnesota did and their quarterback did. They can be had, the 49ers. So, Keyshawn, your response to Jerry saying the 49ers can be had. Yeah, they, they, they can be had. But the Cowboys didn't have them. They had the Cowboys. Right. So until you have them, you have no right to speak about somebody being an ad. Yeah. Of course they lost to Cleveland and Minnesota. There's no question about it. Cleveland's defense, with that dude on the other side, was number 95, until you get you a number 95 that shows up on a consistent basis, you're going to lose to the 49ers. Okay. Until you get a quarterback that played lights out like Kirk Cousins did against them, you're going to lose to the 49ers. Mm. That, that, that's all. Jerry isn't throwing shade to Dak Prescott. All he's saying is, hey, quarterbacks play like that, you can beat teams like the 49ers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's all quarterbacks, right? 
all the way across the board because Cleveland's backup quarterback beat him. Not a starter, a backup, but he played right. well enough to beat mm-hmm. them. Yep. So, you, you know, mm-hmm. that's, all, that's all he's saying. It ain't got nothing to do. I understand we want to <laughs> cherry pick it, Richard, and, 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 and blame Dak Prescott and all those sort of things, but it's collectively as a group. Because the moment that the offense was struggling for the Cleveland Browns, yep. number 95 stepped up, okay, on special mm-hmm. teams as well as rushing the passer. Yep. So until you get one of those, mm. you're going to keep losing to the 49ers. Mm. So that's it. It's simple for me. I, 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 mean, I, I mean, anybody else would have said this, I would have been like, I mean, you got a point. If you got Kevin O'Connell building plays like he did against the Steve Wilkes defense, then you got a point. He had great play design. He had a great, great system in place. Kirk played one of the best games I've seen him play. But Kirk has played good games. There's a reason Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay, anytime Kirk – you hear whispers about Kirk being available. You hear them saying, hey, I would love to have Kirk. I would love to have, regardless of who their quarterback is, I'd love to have Kirk because in this system, he is a savant. He has a he has a great feel. He could be a top 10 quarterback in this system. If he plays in this system the rest of his career, he will play well. Justin Jefferson had that record-breaking season. Guess who his quarterback was? It was Kirk Cousins. They had a good record. He can play well. So let's not get that confused. But Let's also not get confused with your team just played them, Jerry, and they were not had. <laughs> they beat you by 32, as I continue to make the point. They beat you by 32. It wasn't a hard game. It wasn't anything special they had to do. They didn't have to make magnificent plays. They beat you by 32. In this game, the Vikings played a fantastic game, and they, they deserve all the credit in the world. But there, there was a play before the half where Traverius Tra- Ward has the ball in his hands. Should looks like an interception. By all accounts, probably should have been an interception. He falls to the ground. Jordan Addison makes a great play, walks it in for a 60-yard touchdown. That play doesn't happen. There's 15 points scored in that game by the Minnesota Vikings, and we're having a whole different conversation. But it did happen, and they deserve credit for that. So let's not take that away from them. But you do not have Kevin O'Connell drawing up plays. You do not run this system that they're running. So you have nothing to discern from this game. (laughs) You do not have these plays. You do not have these players. So you're not going to run this system. Now, if you revamp your whole offense in the middle of the season and run this condensed way, West Coast, and sure, you might have a chance. That's not what you got to do. You got McCarthy, so good luck. Yeah, and if you look at it, Skip, like I said to you yesterday, Minnesota's offense mirrors the St. Louis, or St. Louis, the Los Angeles Rams offense (laughs) that has always given the San Francisco 49ers defense problems despite who the coordinator has been. That's just Mm -hmm. a, it's a bad matchup. Uh And like Richard just said, y'all don't run that. So, it's going to be tough to have something, you know, it's just going to be right. tough to have it. Let me give you the perspective from which Jerry Jones is speaking as we speak. What he knows is that savant that is Kirk Cousins has been there for quite a while in Minnesota. So three years ago, mm-hmm. the Dallas Cowboys went up there on a Sunday night with Andy Dalton, our backup quarterback at quarterback, and beat the savant that is Kirk Cousins. And two years ago, our backup quarterback at that point, playing his first ever NFL game, Cooper Rush, beat the savant who was Kirk Cousins at Minnesota on a Sunday night game. And then last year, with Dak Prescott at quarterback, we went up and beat the savant who was Kirk Cousins 40-3. to so, so Jerry is saying, if we can go do that to him and the 49ers – 
got eaten alive by them because they gave up almost 400 yards passing. They made Minnesota punt only one time, and they didn't sack Kirk Cousins once. Well, it wait a second. Matter. Wait, this is the San Francisco 49ers defense? Are you kidding? It, do, it doesn't matter when oh. we just when this this team just beat your team by 32 points. Oh. So if that hadn't happened, then sure you would have you would have ground to stand on. But these these points you're making. Are irrelevant when the, the really? head-to-head matchup versus your team on prime time was a blowout. It was a massacre. Okay. They beat your team up and down the field. Okay. So you don't get to. A lot of people get to talk. Uh, Kevin O'Connell gets to talk. Kirk Cousins okay. gets to talk. Really? Uh, the, the, the Browns get to talk. Miles Garrett. But Dallas Cowboys, you stay quiet because okay. yeah. you got the brakes beat off of you by this is, team. Is it not the ugly truth right now that the 49ers can be had because they just lost to? P.J. Walker at Cleveland? Skip, I told you they can be had. Wow. The problem they is, the problem with that, though, Skip, is the Dallas Cowboys y'all didn't have them. Didn't have them. Mm-hmm. That's okay. the problem. And then, and then, what, what did I tell you the day after that game? They maxed out in that game, and we crapped oh, so out in that they, game. They, so the 49ers maxed out. Yep. Richard Maybe Sherman, they played their Richard, Super Bowl. Richard, Richard Sherman just astutely mm-hmm. just gave you a very good education on why things turned in the Minnesota game, just like I tried to do yesterday. Hmm. If Jadarius Ward doesn't fall forward why Addison is ripping the ball headed toward the end zone, sure. his momentum allows him to take that ball, yep. that's another interception. Okay, skip. and, and that's all, another I, I, interception, I want to remind skip. you that it's, Minnesota had it first and goal at the one and came away with three points, and first and goal at the two and came away with you, three you, points. You, you, it could have been way worse than 22 it, to 10. Yeah, but guess it, what? It could have been, been stood up at that mm-hmm. moment in time to not allow them mm. to get the seven points. Mm. You skip, make Skip. Go, go they ahead, took their starters out in the fourth against the Dallas Cowboys. So, I mean, that could have got a lot worse. Sure. At the end of the day, Skip, you give the Minnesota Vikings credit. You give the Cleveland Browns credit. They won that game. Now, if the field goal kicker makes the kick, the 41-yard kick at the end of the game, we're having a whole different conversation. Sure. That isn't what happened. I the Philadelphia Eagles have lost to Zach Wilson. Does that mean, oh, my God, they can be had? If we had a Zach Wilson, we could sure get him. Like, no, that's not what that means. That means the Jets played a good game that day. Oh, we beat the Jets 30 to 10. And the Dallas Cowboys did. That means we're, that doesn't mean anything. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to beat the Dallas Cowboys, regardless of how the results went against teams that you played. Both played. Yep. It's going to be a head-to-head matchup, and you guys are going to take a loss. And so, when that happens, it doesn't matter what Jerry Jones says. It matters what your team does. And, and, and Skip, what I wanted to ask you too, though, mm. is you you start talking about Minnesota, what mm. you did against Minnesota. Mm. Jerry's not talking about Minnesota. Mm. Jerry's talking about the San Francisco 49ers. No, no, he is talking about Minnesota. He's He's, I told Minnesota. you, I know what's going on He's in his head. About we went up there and beat him three straight times. You can't possibly and, and know what he's way, talking about. By the way, Justin Jefferson didn't even play on Monday night. I, I, I understand. He did play in the, the three and, and, games and Jordan, that Dallas Jordan, beat them. And Jordan Addison yeah. essentially took the position yeah. of Justin Jefferson. Really did. So he allowed he was allowed to showcase his skill set okay. in this particular system that has always given the San Francisco 49ers, despite who their defensive coordinators are, whether it was Robert Sala, whether it was was uh, my guy in Houston, I just threw a blank on his name, um, Houston's new head D'Amico coach, Ryan's. Oh, D'Amico oh, Ryans, oh, whether it was D'Amico yeah. Ryans as yeah. a D.C., and now Steve Wilkes is a D.C., mm-hmm. because the principles are all the same. It, it, it gives them 
a problem. They're able to score on this defense. It's a bad matchup against that scheme. And the Cowboys, like Richard said, they're not running this. Mm. They're not. They're not giving you eye candy left and right and motioning guys. To do. They just stand still. You line up at X, you line up at Y, you line up at Z. Oh, make right. sure that the back is offset. That's, that's it. That's all we're going to do. That's not going to work against the 49ers. Okay, but remember Jerry's perspective. Justin Jefferson played in all three of those games. Dallas went up there Don't and care. won at their place. Don't and care. And go look at his numbers. Don't care. Don't care. You so, keep talking about down. Minnesota. Skip. Skip. Yes. Skip. You keep talking about Minnesota, but you're yeah. also talking about a time where Kellen Moore was your offensive coordinator. Mm. So you want to keep talking about things that don't matter anymore? Kellen Moore was calling the plays for you guys then. The guy you didn't want, the guy who's in 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 uh, L.A. now. Cool. You got McCarthy now. You're running one of the most Wait. rudimentary, simple offenses that I've ever seen on tape. There's, there's as vanilla as it can be. Okay. There's no seasoning. There's no Johnny's. There's no second. salt and pepper in this offense. Wait, I'm not waiting because the there's nothing guy? to wait for. Well, there is because you can't talk. Because we beat Kellen Moore. Mike McCarthy outcoached Kellen Moore. We beat him, you and you guys both you lost. Be, you, you both lost because you you're, picked you're, the again, Chargers. Again, you can't an irrelevant talk. point. You can't talk uh, An irrelevant point. Your team got beat by 32 points by the team yeah. we're talking about now. So stop talking at all. Because that, that, hope, there, there's no point you're making. I hope we get to face him again because next time. You won't. You won't get, get to them. face him again. We, we will get them yeah. next time. You do understand. They beat you three times. You, right. you are nervously mm. entering danger territory and not, not even making the playoffs, dude. Oh, stop it. You what do you mean to stop it? I'll bet you right now. No, 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 no. I'm not betting no bet, more. Bet I just paid you for lunch. Bowl, I paid you lunch the other day. So I'm not, yeah. uh, I'm not yeah. betting again until I get the next one paid off before I uh -huh. bet again. But you are entering uh -huh. danger territory no. based on your schedule. No. You have the Philadelphia. First of all, you got the Rams. Okay? Yeah. You, you got the Rams. And, 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 and Sean McVay and company coming into no. Jerry's world on Sunday. Yeah. Then you got the Philadelphia no, Eagles do. in Philadelphia and Jalen Hurts and company. Yeah. So you're going to lose that game, you're saying, right? I, I, you're going to lose it. I wrote that one. Oh, off. you wrote it down. I give okay. you that one. Okay. But we, we will beat the Rams, unless you want to put another dinner on the Rams. I, I, don't, I don't know that you'll beat the Rams, but I'm not going to bet on it because <laughs> I, I don't right. care. Up next, Young Money. Here we go again, now on Undisputed. It is time once again for Young Money with two protégés, a little Wayne's, two buddies of mine, Yellow Beezy from Dallas, Alan Cubas from Wayne's hometown of New Orleans. Here we go, Alan. 49ers went from looking unbeatable to losing two straight to P.J. Walker at Cleveland, Kirk Cousins at Minnesota just a week ago. The Eagles lost to the Jets. And, of course, we saw what happened to Detroit and Baltimore and to your your Saints lately. They, they're feeling a little aintish to me. Oh, man. Uh, so how do you, Alan, rank the NFC as we speak? Well, at the moment, I don't think there's nothing that um... – takes the Philadelphia Eagles out of that top spot. I think it's still, they're still the clear-cut favorites. They were the representatives of the NFC, and I don't think they've done anything to um, to change that. You know, they just got through the win in a big emotional victory against a good team. These Miami Dolphins were putting up college basketball numbers on a lot of teams, and they, they were able to handle them. So I would still say it's the, um, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles. And then not only have they been drafting well, they've still been super aggressive 
in that front office as well. Add, yeah, adding an all-pro talent, an all-pro mind on that field. And Kevin Byard, I think it's only going to make them better. You know, so I think the Philadelphia Eagles, and I think that um, – I think it's been vastly overstated, this demise of the San Francisco 49ers. I think that they're, I think they're going to be all right. You know, they're coming off of two losses. One of them was the Browns, who aren't as bad as I think everybody thought. You know, they've actually been winning, they've actually been winning their games. And even in that game, with all, with, with everything that went bad, with everything that went bad in that game, at the end of the game, Purdy was still able to, to, to drive the ball down the field and get them, get them within a field goal to winning that game, you know, so he I did. think it would have been looked at different. And then um, this week, I mean, what's the NFL season without a big Kirk Cousins game? You know he's going to have his one <laughs> annual big game right on schedule. So um, uh, and that's what Kirk Cousins does. You know, he'll have a whole bunch of stinkers and they hit you with one of these big ones. So um, I think that it was still – I think it's just over, over, overstated. I think they'll be all right. Mind you, they were missing two of, two of their three best players, which was Debo and Trent Williams. They who, were. Who not only are yeah. – it's not only what they what they do on the field, it's just in that locker room. It's just changing the momentum, just being a voice on the field, on the sideline. So I think that it would have been a much different outcome. I still have the Philadelphia Eagles and the 49ers at the top. And then I have, you know, Detroit and Dallas sitting in that middle. Okay, are you saying Dallas is still sitting fourth? Yeah, I say Dallas is still sitting fourth. I still have Detroit despite, despite getting blown out. You know, I think that they made the mistake trying to – Tim Lamar to cover man, you know, and I think they paid they for did. it trying to go man. I think they paid for it. I still think the Philadelphia Eagles sit the top. They have the deepest team to me. At the end of the day, we've seen the guy at the helm. We've seen he has the ability to get a team to that big game. So I, the same with Detroit. We've seen Jerry Goff in big moments be able to get these guys to there. So I still think these are the um, – I think San Francisco and Philly, and I have Detroit third and Dallas right in that fourth spot. Get him, Yellow. Hey, you know, Alan, he gonna come with a lot of excuses, a lot of excuses. They didn't have two or three people. We didn't have a lot of, hey, man, that's our football. It's our football. Now, Now, talent-wise, or just not just talent-wise, the whole team right now, I got to give it to the Eagles. I got to give it to the 49ers coming in second. And I have to put us in third, you know, like, Detroit, they playing good. They playing real good. They, they, you know, but I just feel like they got a younger team and I feel like mistakes can happen. You know, I feel like we haven't just seen them to their best capabilities, but I don't think they just been just tested too, too high, like right now. But for as me, I'm going to have to go with um, 49ers, Eagles, and Cowboys. But that's all in the game. When people get to talking about the losses, what do we say? How many people that we didn't have playing or whatever? You know, the injuries that, that that we couldn't overcome, that we had to have people sitting there. Like, that's that's the excuse when it comes to the losing part because we all can say that in some type of way. But, like, for us, like, just, a, you know, just the top dog, I got to get to the Eagles. Mm. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I, and I, and I'm, I get it. Any given Sunday, I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just stating that I'm hearing all these people talk about they're basically trying to get rid of talking about maybe you should trade Purdy for Cousins. I'm just hearing everything as if I think if your expectations was that Brock Purdy was this MVP caliber quarterback, if he was that guy, then I think that you're in for, for a rude awakening. But I'm assuming the majority of the fan base knows he is what he is. You know, he's a guy that now, yeah, I, supposed to turn I just ball. feel like Go ahead. I'm sorry, my bad. Now, I, I just feel like he's just human. Like, you know, we we seen him play behind a team where he, he didn't have to come from behind all the time. You know, the defense right. stood up for him. It seemed like it was just a perfect laid-out system for him. And last night, or well, the other night, we've seen that if he falls short behind, he, he can be problems. So all we all I think that game did was a humble experience for, for, for the 49ers to show that he's human. You know, like, he's going to have those games where he he's not going to be able to fight yeah. coming from behind or he's just going to have to just play a perfect game or it's going to have to be all around put together for him. 
So then that's what we've been seeing. Like everything kind of been placed out for him from the defensive end of the side. You having a healthy uh, offensive, uh, uh, offensive side, Debo there. Everybody's there. So, you know, he he's never had to just battle by himself. So the other night was a, was a true test of a battle for him. And he's human. So it's either you're going to come on top or you're not. Is it come on top or flop? And yeah, I he trust, this, that, that I trust Shanahan to put him in better positions. I think they're going to reel him in a bit. Like I said, I think Debo and Trent, you can't understate how big of a presence those guys are on that field. So I still agree, San Francisco I in the same light. Like, I'm not I – didn't, I didn't look at Purdy the way a lot of these guys looked at him. I think he's a good quarterback, but I didn't think he was no world beater mm. in the Philadelphia Eagles. But with that being said, these are the teams I see sitting at the top, but they are susceptible to be defeated come playoff time. You know, they're, we're not looking at these – these dominant quarterbacks. This, is, this isn't Patrick Mahomes you're looking at. I think the two best quarterbacks are clearly in the AFC with Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Mm. But Not even that. This, I don't think nobody just playing just lights out. I don't feel like the NFL just playing like, other than what the Dolphins was proving like the other couple of days, but after, after they got their humble pie, it showed there's nobody should really just who, playing. Who gave them the humble pie? The Philadelphia Eagles. I think that's why you got to look at that. Like I said, you got the Dolphins. They was really putting up college basketball numbers, blowing teams out. And the Eagles made a statement in a big game. So I think that the Philadelphia Eagles deserve to be the clear cut. Mind you, like they just came from the Super Bowl. What had they done to, to lose that benefit of the doubt? So, Alan, But their defense just yeah. ain't been playing like that, though. Yeah, yeah I got me. you. Alan. You're a smart guy. You really know your sports. Maybe I'm a delusional Cowboy fan. Maybe to some extent, Yella's delusional also. But I'm here to tell you that maybe I can't make the case as we speak. But down the line, it's a long season. I still say Dallas will prove to be a little better than San Francisco or Philadelphia when it really counts because I still believe our defense is a little better than San Francisco's and even with Kevin Byard, still a little bit better than Philadelphia's. And that will tell the tale in the end. That's just me. No, and I think Dallas is a good football team. As I've said, they're going to be there when it counts. But here I go again, I got to say it. In typical Cowboy fashion, that's what they would do. They would do just enough to get everybody on board. I think they're going to go down a run. I think they'll start showing signs. Dak will have some good games. They may win a playoff game to get to the division around. But then when all the marbles are on the line, you know who? I think I would even take Jerry Goff in the big game over Dak. So, are you trusting no, him to make that play? Come on! No. I mean, Jerry Goff. Jerry Goff's had big games in the playoffs. Like Jerry Goff, he beat him once out here when he was a Ram. Yeah, he's he's yeah. he's been there, but I don't. I, I can't get him there right now. Like, yeah. like I you mean, say, like I, I feel like Skip, like Skip saying, our defense. We have the pieces. We all just got to click together. If we right. can be all on one page, it's, it's really like nothing that can stop us when it comes to the defensive side. Like, even with, with them adding uh, uh, Byer. Um, Byer, yeah. yeah. For the, for the, yeah, Byer for the, for the, he's, I'm not going to lie. He's been having our number, too. Like you yeah. say, like, he had our number. He's been proving some things, too. I'm not going to lie to you. It's like he's been playing, especially when he played against us, he played like life. Yeah, a lot of That's going to add a piece to that, Rob. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to knock that. That's another debut like for that front he, office in Philly. They've been yeah. beating y'all no. on every aspect. So. I got it. Yeah, All right, sure. gentlemen, yeah. I, I got to stop you here. I loved it. You guys did a great job. You enlightened me once again. Look forward to doing it again next week. But we got to get back to the NBA next here on Undisputed. Could Wimby be the greatest player ever? That's a good question. Tonight is the night, our first glimpse of Victor Wimbanyama in a real NBA game. 
LeBron has gone so far as to describe Wimby as an alien, and many have said they've never seen anything like this seven-foot-four-inch kid. So, Paul, are we looking at potentially the greatest player ever? I'm not sure about greatest player ever, but I will tell you this. If we were in the jungle and, you know, you got LeBron, he's the, he's the lion, and you have, you've had Kobe, who's the mamba, we are looking at a species we've never seen before that's potentially dangerous. So will this kind of like manipulate the food chain moving forward? I don't know, but mm. the potential is definitely there. And like I said, we've never seen nobody at 7'4 do the things he's doing. I'm watching him do KD-like things. I'm watching him do like, uh, uh, who else is there? There's nobody else I can think of that just maybe Wilt Chamberlain that just blocks shots. Uh, he covers so much feet. When I saw the other night when they played Golden State Warriors in the preseason and they swung the ball and Wimby was in the lane. They swung it to uh, Andrew Wiggins, who was at the three-point line. He sprinted out. Andrew Wiggins couldn't even get the shot off. He drove to the, to the middle of the paint, and he blocked his shot. He covered about at least 15 feet in a, in a matter of, of seconds to stop him from scoring, and that's something I, I've never seen from a guy. Think about it. You're in the middle of the paint skip, Keyshawn. Mm -hmm. The guys at the three-point line, they swing it. Then you take off. Didn't allow them to get the shot up. Then he drove past you, went up, and you blocked his shot. This is nothing like I've ever seen. Potentially, the talent is there. I got to know. I, I haven't been around him. I haven't seen his drive. I haven't seen his work ethic. You know, all these things, his mindset. I, all these things come into play when you're talking about potentially being one of the greatest or the greatest. Look, he's certainly with the right organization and Greg Popovich to head to to lead him in that direction. But you know how I am, man. I'm quick to say, man, you got to slow down when you start talking about the greatest and could he yeah. potentially because you really yeah. haven't seen certain things. And I just go back to when I remember when Shaq came into the league, the power dunking over people off the two-hand vert, just, I mean, the two-feet vert, just boom, breaking the backboard. You hadn't seen that before, right? Mm -hmm. So then you go, okay, all right. Then you look at, you fast forward and you look at the Slim Reaper and Kevin Durant. You mentioned, I've never seen a little toothpick dude be able to do what he was able to do at Texas, averaging 20 and 10. And then he comes to the pros, and it's, it's a whole nother level. And now, all of a sudden, you got this dude. LeBron, throw LeBron. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot throw about LeBron. LeBron. Never, LeBron seen, never seen a little high school kid come to the NBA. Several years later, he's putting his team with us as it's constructed right now, carrying them to the Eastern Conference Finals, and then getting into the NBA Finals at such a young age. Mm. Never seen that before. Mm. Now you got Wimby up here. It's like, I've never seen a dude seven feet tall. He's, what's his wingspan? Take him at nine feet or something like that? Ten, something yeah, something eight, crazy. Mm. You've never seen that. Ball handling the skill, shooting the three. The only thing that concerns me is I can see his ribs through his jersey. But as Paul said to me, it doesn't matter in this day and age in the NBA because there are no Charles Oakleys and Dennis Rodmans yeah. to sit around and worry about. Mm. So if he gains a little bit more weight and strength, which yeah. I think he will over the next three, four years, Skip, mm. now you can potentially be looking at something that we've never seen before. But as far as the mm. best and the greatest and all that, yeah. we gotta, we got to just... Yashan, think about those names you said. You said Shaq. You said LeBron. You said KD. 
I think we rank all them in the top 10, 15 players of all. No, of course. Of course. You've never seen it before. Mm-hmm. We've never seen a dude like this have to duck down walking yeah. through a hallway on a consistent no. basis no matter where he's at. So, Keyshawn, you could see Kevin Durant's ribs poking out of yep. his jersey when I, he was at Texas. But he played strong because yeah. he had grown man strength yeah. at Texas. And when yeah. he stepped on an NBA floor, he played strong. He gained he, – he, he won immediate respect because he could command the post or the three-point line. This kid, so far, I'm, I'm, I have two issues that I need to see because we're, we're about to see what he's really made of because this is starting to be for real tonight against Dallas. You'll see him in the, the second big national TV game. The point is, to use your analogy, Paul, is he predator or is he going to be prey? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what he's made of yet because – he plays softer. He, he likes to stay on the perimeter, and he likes to dribble it, and he likes to shoot it from distance. He has a guard mentality at seven foot four, and maybe that'll translate. Maybe that'll make him even more unstoppable. But I want to see in the end, we, we've been talking about Anthony Davis this whole show, what is Wimby made of? What, does, does he have that killer will in him? Does he have that... That, that drive, that, as we, as we say, dog in him, or does he have kitten in him? I, I, I don't know, but we'll, we'll find out because they will show you. The, the, the opposition is about to show you what he's made of because they're going to go at him, and they're going to go at him a lot harder than they went at him in the preseason games. Right? Yeah, I mean, I, I would assume so, Paul. They're gonna turn it turns up a notch from preseason. Yes, it the does. regular season. Well, but the day I saw him go up and just dunk over the whole team. That's <laughs> Miami. Yeah. And I, and nobody said nothing about but that. But the last <laughs> several Euros that played in the game, they all, you know, whether it's Joker, whether it's Giannis, yep. even to a degree, Luca, they got some of that that they dog do. in them. They so do. maybe the tide has turned yes, where yeah. the dog is in him when the lights actually come on. All right. Up next, what one factor could keep the Celtics from winning it all? We'll they need a Paul you. Pierce coming out of the wheelchair. <laughs> Paul Pierce picked his former team, the Celtics, to win it all this season. I picked them to win the East. They open tonight as three-and-a-half-point favorites at the Knicks. So, Paul, what's the one X factor that could keep them from living up to your prediction? There's only one thing, Skip, and that's just health. They have all that they need. I think the coaching staff is great. I think the culture that they've created is great over there. They have a superstar in Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown with great role players. If they're healthy at the end of the year, mm. all through the playoffs, Celtic home, Celtics will be bringing home title number 18. Woo. Okay. I think the loss of Robert Williams is going to be bigger than they think. I think the loss of Marcus Smart and the chemistry between Drew Holiday and this team is going to take a second to adjust. You know, people don't really understand how good Marcus Smart was for this team and this organization. I think it'll be felt. And my only X factor is that the, the, the young head coach, and he's still a young head coach, was at war with the Boston media. And you know, Paul, you, you ultimately can't win that battle. So I hope he can navigate a little more steadily through this year without getting too crazy with the media back and forth. All right. Go, go ahead. So we all know what happened last year. He was kind of had to take over the reins. I think he's more comfortable this year. That's it for Undisputed. We got to go. We're back tomorrow, 930 Eastern, and I can't wait. <laughs>